Hello everyone and welcome to episode 106 of the Xbox for Gamers podcast. This week I'm joined by Cameron. Hey hey. And Shane. G'day g'day. Uh, it's, uh, it's our first live show of, uh, of 2024 so uh, we've got a lot to cover, a lot of games, a lot of news. Um, so I guess we'll probably uh, we'll probably jump straight into it. Um, uh, if you're a long-time listener of the show, you'll of course know that we're doing this show live on Twitch. Uh, Xbox Hall of Gamers is the place to find us. Come say hi, hang out in the chat with uh, people like uh, Legacy here and hopefully a few others as uh, things warm up. Um, but yeah, if you uh, want to come hang out, ask questions, shit posts, all that kind of stuff, feel free. Uh, we want to we try to interact with our community as much as possible while we're doing our recording. Uh, but if you do miss the, uh, the VOD, uh, it is all up on YouTube. Uh, otherwise, the audio version, which you're probably listening to, is on all the regular podcast channels. All right. Well, um, I guess we'll start with we'll start with you, Shane. It's it's been a little while since you've been on the show. Um, how yeah. you doing, mate? Things are well. Things are well. Um, been doing a lot of gaming, thankfully. Uh, particularly over the holiday break, I had a I had a uh, a goal last year to play twenty six games. I figure like one game a fortnight. You know that's reasonable. Things started well, died off a bit in the middle of the year and then mm-hmm. came home strong in like the last two weeks. Yep. Uh, so I got to, I got to 21, 22 games, um, which good. I'm pretty happy with. Cause yeah, I, I hadn't been playing much in the years prior and I made a commitment and I said, you know what? I need to get back to my passion, my hobby. Um, and yeah, played a cleared a lot from the backlog, which I'm, um, I'm really thankful for. Uh, yeah. So things have been well. Thanks for having me back. Right. Oh, happy to have you. Um, all right, well, uh, we've got a, a packed show this week, so I think we'll get straight into our community questions. Uh, Cameron, what have, you, uh, what, have, what have you scrounged up for us? All right, so the first one, my good old co-op uh, partner, Stuby, uh, joined the Discord over the break, and he said, Hey, peeps, I'm a lover of all, nearly all things co-op. What is a game that isn't co-op that you would like to see co-op, and what should never be co-op as you believe it would ruin the game? Ooh, um, I don't know. Co- co-op is an interesting one because I feel like we, we have this discussion every now and then. I think we this kind of came up in our game of the year chat about Remnant, about whether Remnant Two was a good game or whether it, whether it was the fact that it was a good cooperative game that made it a good game, and if it was actually fun to play on your own. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm glad to see some things are in co-op. Um, but I don't know. What do you, I don't know. You guys have any sort of thoughts around stuff that comes to mind as sort of like co-op games that, or things that you think would really benefit from having co-op in them? I would, I would quickly jump in and say, um, a game that's been actually being remade and releasing next month, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons Mm. on face value. That's a game that looks like it's perfect for co-op because it's two brothers working together, um, solving puzzles. In reality, though, if you play the game and you understand particularly the impact of its ending, there is a very, very good reason why that game is single player. Um, and if it were to be two player co-op, then that would be, it would lose all its impact. That'd be, yeah. it's the reason why the game is amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would say definitely not brothers. And I would say maybe something like a Bioshock. Like there's something about Bioshock being alone, particularly the first one, like underwater. Um, yeah. Just that solid feeling i think that might um yeah it might take it might take away the edge of that feeling if, if it was to be like co-op yeah i i, I actually I, get, I was thinking about yeah that the kind of that sort of i guess you know bioshock's not a survival horror game as such but it definitely leans on some of that sort of atmospheric stuff um 
but you know playing something like soma or something like that is like a walking sim or like you know but like horror games that kind of thing i think you, you run the risk of it being a cop. You turn it from something like Outlast into more like Lethal Company, where it's just like, yeah, you know, exactly. just a couple of people yeah. running around doing stupid shit and yeah, getting themselves blown up and or captured or whatever. I mean that yeah. I mean I guess like like Phasmophobia is kind of maybe the the best example of kind of what happens when you have a co-op experience like that. Is that half of it is like people taking it seriously and half of it is just like shenanigans. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like like cop is usually an improver for most games having other people involved um when it's when it's you know done well i think that we saw with uh with like halo infinite for example like the way that they kind of had to implement co-op into their campaign was quite limited and there was a lot of interesting pushback around that and how they implemented it and the limitations that it provided and then you've got things like Baldur's gate for example which you know that that uh split screen co-op issue was the reason it wasn't coming to xbox for quite a while Mm. Um, but I do think overall those games probably benefit from having co-op and then I played a little bit of Baldur's Gate co-op um, uh, just over the holiday break and it's it's fantastic like it's I, it's definitely not maybe not like the definitive way to play the game if you want to have the sort of more traditional narrative RPG experience but I think the nice thing is that like most co-op games co-op is usually optional or usually like a like nice added benefit whereas mm. most uh, yeah, most of the games are relatively strong on a sort of single player basis. But I guess you know, do do we do we define something like I don't know, payday? Is that is that a co op game? I guess. I mean, is Left 4 Dead a co op game? I mean, oh I yeah, guess so. yeah, right. I'm, like that's kind of PVE. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like yeah, more like sort yeah. of PVE. Yeah, I guess it's all PVE, right? It doesn't have sort of traditional campaign stuff. But mm. I'm thinking of stuff like Black Ops Three. Like stuff like that runs against the norm, mm. um, because I I remember playing through realistic on that and really enjoying like it is uh, for what it is, and I love the Black Ops series, but you don't really see like you see it in Remnant and that kind of stuff. You don't really see it in Call of Duty unless yeah, you're you, playing multiplayer. Like first person shooters used to have big co-op elements, and nowadays it's either mm. relegated to like a separate mode as opposed to the main campaign. Um, a game I finished recently, Dishonored. Um, no, maybe not necessarily that game, but I think more stealth games could maybe mm. give co-op a go. I recall, mm. I think it was, it was either Conviction or Blacklist that had like special co-op missions. Yeah, and just the satisfaction yeah. of you know one guy distracting one guard and then the other one taking him down, and like that cooperative element of you know really nailing timing, I think could um could be explored more in stealth. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I've been playing through Conviction with Keo uh, as of late before the server closure, I believe, this month. And yeah, it's it, like the level of if somebody messes up, just the friendly discussion between <laughs> partners that happens uh, is quite interesting. I, I like the other thing I want to quickly raise too is just like even janky games, like a janky game with a good co op system is a great game to me. Right. Because you make fun of like uh, the experience. I, I have some we, well, I have had thoughts. De- about depending that. on the game. Depending yes, on the game. But I, I understand what you mean. I don't necessarily agree because I think some games are beyond saving. Yeah. But uh I think along some along along those lines of like stealth, I think Hitman would be great to have like a mm-hmm. like you know, like a, a, a four player hitman mode kind of thing would be would be really, really good. Is he, 
I don't know. It, Wasn't there like sniper elements in? Yeah, they, they did like the co-op thing for sni the, the sniper thing where it was like one person was a, we had like two snipers and you're kind of spotting and that kind of stuff. But they, those world, those like, those environments are so intricately designed in terms of like, you do this thing, it makes this thing happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It'd be really interesting to see if that would still hold up in a co-op experience. Mm. Maybe if it was competitive. Or yeah, Hitman, actually, yeah. You have to Look, first person to take on the target. That's a great <laughs> idea, yeah. Um, it also kind of reminds me of the kind of spy party thing where it's like one person's undercover and the other person's watching from the window from us with a sniper rifle trying to figure out who to, who to kill. Mm. Just spamming banana bread over and over again. Um, great game if people haven't played it. Slightly, slightly off co-op and all that. I hope we kind of see like a return of the... <sighs> I guess the closest thing I can say is like evolve mm. kind of stuff of like, like enemy against a hero kind of it doesn't have to be 4v1 but yeah. that kind of uh style of gameplay. I think evolve was like maybe 3 or 4 years too early. I think if it if it dropped a couple of years ago, you know when Twitch was a bit was as big as it was mm. um and like these really varied multiplayer experiences we have nowadays, I think it would yeah got another shot in the arm that'd be great yeah i mean you see like how successful dead dead by daylight still is yeah um after all this time and all with all the ridiculous stuff they've added i mean the fact they added nicholas cage last year and it was a new story is uh probably a testament to its sort of staying power for sure mm. um all right uh, let's move on to our next question what, are, what else we got uh, so the next one we got from Natalator was anyone have any gaming resolutions for 2024? Our new year doesn't start until midnight. Uh, so this was posted back on um, Gen 1st. Midnight tonight, seeing my summary and progress I've made on my backlog has definitely given me some drive to keep pushing on backlog in 2024 and tackling longer games. Some life changes happening in this coming year as well, but I've generally enjoyed playing old games I needed to complete. So mine would be don't spend money on new games, exceptions being DLC or reward points. Uh, get the completion percentage above 50 and finish a game before moving on. So, Natolinator is a man after my own heart. Those are all things that I 100% support. Don't spend any fucking money. Finish <laughs> your damn games and get your completion percentage up. Um, yeah. I mean, that 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 kind of thinking has been how I've been doing stuff, you know, for the last few years. Mm. But... I don't know. This year, I'm thinking I might change it up a little bit. Um, Spend all the money. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I think that I, we had play all the Forza Horizons. Well, okay, let's not go too. <laughs> let's not go too crazy. Okay, all right. I mean, let's you know, um, it's fucking still need that last achievement. Uh, yeah. I think that in, at least in, in my case, last year we we had a bit of a discussion around how like the game of the year chat was a lot bigger last year because partly because I had played so many of the new games that had come out and it was, which is something that we haven't traditionally done on this show or even uh, real game school back in the day was that, you know, we tend to play um, stuff that comes to the game pass, but also stuff that's like, you know, it's been sitting around for a while or when our backlogs or the community's playing or things like that. Whereas, and you know, I had a big backlog to work on. I still do probably another 200 or so games I need to go back and finish, but Last year, I spent a lot of time being like, no, I'm going to play some of the new stuff. I might not play it the day it comes out, but I want to play it within the year so that when we get to the end of the year, we can have a chat about them. Um, and that's not like, you know, that's why I played like Alan Wake and um, 
even like Jedi Survivor and just so, so many games. And I, I think I'm going to try and maybe keep on that track a little bit. I, I, I don't do the, you know, like I don't do game hardcore gamer score hunting anymore in terms of like pure score now that I hit my 2 million. So I'm spending more time playing things that I actually enjoy um, and being maybe a little bit more picky about what I spend my time on. Um, maybe. We'll see, I guess. Again, it wouldn't be a New Year's resolution if I didn't abandon it halfway into February. So I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, what about you guys? Uh, for me, I've yeah, tearing through the backlog a bit more. I just pulled up my list here. I've got 27 games just on the backlog that I like to get through. Most of them are pretty small. Some of them are pretty chonky. Um, like I, I need to finish Starfield. Um, mm. I've got Pillars of Eternity there just because I would like to yeah. play that before Avowed comes out. Right. Yep. Um, Cyberpunk is there. I never played Cyberpunk. Um, so yeah, there's a pretty some pretty chunky ones. Um, I'm also I'm doing this thing right. Yeah, like I just described with Pillars for Obsidian, I want to play some more games from studios that have releases coming out either mm. this year or like sometime next year. So um, this month I'm going to get to uh, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, which is Love a Ninja game. Theory game. Yeah, um, which I never played, and then after that DMC Devil May Cry before Hellblade Two. Um, yeah, and then yeah, I think I. Similar to you, Matt, like I definitely want to still play games that release this year. I had this, I had this idea with my backlog where I'd just, I'd start with the oldest game mm -hmm. and my, make my way through. Um, but I know that's not going to work for me because I'm, I just want, I should just play the games that I'm in the mood to play, you know, yeah. the games that I actually want to play in the moment. So, and I've got a list of 27 to, to pick from. So, um, but yeah, I think this year I'll also just try and play more. 2024 games because i really didn't play many 2023 games i played the games i really want to play like hi-fi rush cocoon jedi survivor um usant uh yeah so there's um oh maybe like one new game a month i think i think it'd be like prince of persia this month this month hmm. brothers next month um and go from there we don't really know much about 2024 yet so yeah i think Cameron and I had the discussion last year where we were like, oh, nothing's coming out in 2023. Like the run this time last year, we were like, it's like, yeah, it's like a couple of games in like March and stuff, but like it's dead. There's not going to be anything to play. So oh, I'm hoping that I we, doubt, yeah, we, doubt, doubt. Yeah, we were 100% wrong. So I'm, I'd be very interested. I'm hoping that that trend continues uh, and that, that we are always wrong and that there's just always yeah. heaps of things to play. Yeah. What about you, Cameron? What do you got, uh, you got planned? I mean, I'm, I'm eyeing off the completion percentage above 50. I think if I really like, you know, sink myself in, I can really get that done this year. Um, so far this year, I've just been focusing on like, I want to complete six games a month, like six games. Um, I want to find a game to the same pedigree of like Halo MCC or Age mm -hmm. of Empires 2, something that's going to be a thousand hour completion again. Um, not ESO, <laughs> not touching ESO with a 10 foot bowl. But I'll, um, yeah, I want to find something that's going to be like a long grind that's going to have the same level of, you know, satisfaction in completing it. A, a, a um, big project game. Yeah, big project game. And then I'm finding myself interested in doing themed months this year. Hmm. So uh, at the moment for January, it's a bit of a free-for-all, but having played through the crew for most of December and January so far, I'm finding myself getting into racing games. And whilst I've been doing AFK stuff for the crew, I did Wreckfest on PC. And now I've downloaded Hot Wheels Unleashed because it has the, uh, I believe it's Play Anywhere on PC as well. 
by working on multiple games at once. Um, I will tell you, I will tell you something though. If Age of Mythology drops this year, everything will go out the window for that game. Yeah, we've only yeah. seen the one trailer, right? There's nothing. There's been nothing else. Yeah, that's pretty quiet. Yeah, about only it. the reveal. Yeah. Okay. But if there is one game I am keen to play, it is Age of Mythology Retold. In terms of a big project game, is there anything that kind of you've been scoping out or piques your interest or anything like that? I mean, because I, I really, mean, if, you need, if you need some huge games, I'm sure I can give you some examples. I kind of really hope that Nick's rumor on Gears of War collection from the few years mm, ago comes true. That would keep you very busy. I think it uh, is, yeah. That's one of my predictions for this year. If not, I think I might even bundle a few games up as a collection and do a series. Like, I might do Dishonored as a series. Mm. I might do might do Ori. But, like, I, I need something that's going to be, like, substantial that's going to last a 1,000 hours. Like, I want a multi-year project. Is I mean, there a no-death achievement in Ori? There is. Uh, there, there is. You can cheese it a little bit, but I, there is, yeah. Actually, you know what would be a really good one to do? Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein for like Before that. indie, yeah. 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 Yeah, I did New Order. I'm yet to do New Colossus. That's the second one, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 New yeah, Colossus has um, one of the worst achievements. If indie is this year, then I need to play New Colossus. It's, look, it's looking like it might be because I think they're going to show some yeah. gameplay of it, yeah. um, which I think we'll mention uh, shortly. Um, but yeah, Natalia, uh, to keep, keep us up to date with how your goals are going. Um, I think we've got the... We, we still have the old uh, channel, I think. The... Um, do you, we still have the Cameron? The uh, where was it? The old games resolution uh, channel. We can repurpose yeah, that. I, I like how I completely forgot about the channel um, for a year, and then people just immediately jumped on it at the start of yeah, absolutely uh, the first week of Jan. Go back and look at all the stuff. Yeah, until twenty twenty five. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, we've got a question here from Isaac. Uh, question asked for extraordinaire. Uh, who says, hey guys, uh, back in the day when GTA San Andreas came out, uh, I spent hours trying to do motorcycle trick jumps. I completed the game and enjoyed it, but I just love screwing around on motorcycles the most. Are there any games that have some sort of game element that you really enjoyed, even though it wasn't necessary to play the game? Uh, thanks for the show. Uh, you're most welcome, Isaac. So my family don't believe in the story mode for GTA. They <laughs> believe in get in the car, drive recklessly, rubber store, like, you know, very much just use it as a sandbox. That's immediately where my mind goes to with with that. That, um, is, the, that is the classic one, isn't it? I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like a game element to to like obviously we, you know, usually as achievement hunters, we just go in and we get the hundred percent and that's it. Yeah. Um like I'll go back to games like Age of Empires 2 and that, but I'll be playing them normally for the most part. I sometimes if I'm really like in a interior designer kind of want to like plan something, Sims. Because mm -hmm. I just feel like it's a really good sandbox to be like, all right, I have a room this big, I want to move stuff around in. But can't really think of anything else off the top of my head in terms of just a game element. So as like a, a mechanic that's in a game, but it's not core to the main. Yeah, so, or like yeah, a, that's a how I really, it. really yeah. stood out to you, or something. Yeah, that... yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is games that have like mini games within them. Something yeah. in Gwent, yeah. Gwent, which is are a fantastic yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. I loved um, 
<laughs> last year I I replayed uh Fable 2 uh and was like dead set on just maxing out the blacksmith minigame. Yeah. Yeah. Um and that that was it was uh, fun. No, I would never describe it as fun. <laughs> and it wasn't painful, but it was just like yeah, just the frustration of of failing and just breaking the combo, the multiplier. Yep. Oh man, that was pain, really painful. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I like those. I like that. And yeah, then and then like in Fable Two as well, right? Like, you know, you you can get married, you can have a kid, um, you can get a house, rent it out, like buy a shop, earn income from it. It's all very rudimentary by today's standards, but man, that was revolutionary back in two thousand eight. Mm. Uh, David in the chat says uh, he's a big fan of the destruction multiplayer mode in Rare Faction Gorilla. Yeah, that, that is probably the like that was the best thing about that game. Uh, I also like how he spelled Gorilla like the animal instead of the. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> let's but, say that game. Yeah, yeah, Red Faction. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just it's uh, Planet of the Apes, but the planet is Mars. Yeah, I would I would say this is a core cool mode, but I like Burnout Free Takedown. Uh, oh, the, back on PS2 with the crash mode. Crash mode, yeah. Crash mode was always good. Yeah, I I love crash mode. I've just never seen a game like just take that same formula and bring it forward. Um, and then the other thing that just popped in my head was the Yakuza games, like with the business sim side of stuff. Oh yeah, the management sim stuff. And yeah, yeah. I mean, the Yakuza games are rich with all kinds of stuff that's a hundred percent not necessary for the main story. Mm -hmm. Um. Those games are just I, like a, a I love a good one. business sim. Yeah, I see like I I'm in I'm in games for narrative most of the time. So I'm like I'm like glued to the yeah. seat. Like I want to see what's gonna happen in the story. And like sometimes like side stories and side content is really, really interesting, but most of the time I can't stand mini games and other side stuff. I'm trying to think if there's any exceptions to that. Um I did really enjoy Gwent. I played a lot of Gwent. Mm. Um well, how about Project Gotham, where the mini game was Geometry Wars? Geometry like Wars, a game yeah. unto itself. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't got the last couple of achievements in the second game. Um, and then that, uh, that sequel. Well, that's that's the thing with the Yakuza games now. Wasn't the new one? Uh, what was it? Daytona or something that they had in? Daytona Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sega Racing Two or whatever they end up calling it. Yeah, they put it in the game, which is amazing. Um, there's one thing I remember, this is like one of those things that I go back to every now and then to play for fun, quote unquote, which I know is a bit of a novel concept for the things that I play. Uh, this is going to be super out of left field, but, uh, Sonic Unleashed. Um, oh, wow. so that game is a, it's a flawed game. I think it has a lot of interesting ideas. Um, but the sense of speed and scale in some of those levels when that hits well is, probably the best I've ever seen in a video game. There's one level in particular. Um, it's called, it's, it's, I think it's in the, the, the Italy place. Um, Cause they, they're all real world places with fake names. So it's like, there's like one Greek, there's like a Greece place there's an Italy place. I think it's like Italy. I think it's like rooftop run. And it has like one of my favorite sound, like my favorite sound music tracks from any Sonic game. And it's basically just like, you just go like it's no stops all the way through um well well worth i mean like there's there's other problems with that game in terms of like especially like the werehog parts which is like turns it into an old school um god of war game which is very strange 
but I think there are some levels in the game that are just really, really well designed for speed. Um, which, like, funnily enough, like Sonic really struggles with a lot of in, in a lot of games because like, it's kind of hard to have a, a game that I think I sort of saw this in um, Sonic Frontiers, where it's like, how do you make a game that's not just flat land that you can run across forever hmm. and put things in the in, like put things to interact with in the game without slowing it to a crawl if you mess them up. Um, but every now and then I just go back and play that because I still haven't finished that game. It also, is probably part of it. Uh, some of the achievements in that game are absolutely ridiculous. But twenty twenty four, maybe. I mean, that, that would that would be a really good one to get done. I I would say. Um, so may, maybe that'll end up on the list. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Isaac. Hopefully that uh, that answers your question a little bit. Um, but as you you probably guess, you know, at least Cameron and I tend to be very. Uh, achievement focused so once those things are done we don't tend to we don't tend to interact with too much outside of that unless another game comes along and i go all shiny and just yes there's also that yeah cool uh and then todd here has a question um how does it make you feel if there's a game that has 100 percent online that you have to be online to play um and the game being full price only for having a few years later for the service to, uh, to close down uh you know similar to basically he's talking about what's happening with the crew uh, and the fact that the game will basically be unplayable um, once the servers go down, and you know some people spent you know hundred bucks on it when it first came out, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Um, I mean, I, obviously, I'm assuming we all think that's bad and shouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, but do you guys have any other thoughts around kind of where this happens or what kind of games this happens to, and and kind of what I, solutions might be, et cetera, et cetera? I have a few different mindsets on it. Like if it's a if it's something like the crew that has had like a 10 year run, I think like they've given plenty of notice. It's forgivable in a, in a mm. sense. I think, I think with an online kind of game, like the crew, you announce the servers are going down and you say, Oh, the DLC is free or like you do some goodwill gesture. Uh, and then people just, you know, clean up their achievements, whatever, and then move on. Um, Something like Battleborn, for example, I think that should have the hindsight of this game's always online, but we should have an offline mode. But then there should be some. But I could say you could say that about the crew as well, right? Like that game has a single player campaign and a bunch of other stuff. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be an always online game, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, I just, I view the crew as more of an MMO than a, um, like an MMO racer. Sure. Compared to something like um, Battleborn, where that to me could have always been a single player experience. I mean, the crew could have been a single player experience as well with online components, but um, yeah, I, I think most of the crew has just been structured around the online. And in reality, a lot of the online has massive problems, which I'll talk about um, a little bit later on. I'm trying to think of any other like Battleborns is always the thing that I just go to. Like that was a game that should have been preserved. Mm. Um, like it doesn't make sense to me that they want the online model for that. Yeah, I was gonna say that up until that like the last part of that question, I was just like, oh, that's fine, you know. But yeah, like and then you mentioned, and then the servers are shut down and the game's unplayable. It's like, well, mm. okay, that sucks. And yeah, I get your. I see your point, Cameron. Around, hey, the crew's had a ten-year run, and there's a sequel out, yeah. and why don't you just jump over to that? But at the same time, it's like, 
what if you just like the crew? What if you, you don't want to play the crew too? You know, it's like, how can you not just, yeah, like create an offline mode where you can just yeah. drive around and complete, you know, races against the AI. Um, and then, yeah, I hear your point again, Cameron, about the fact that you, it's, it is certainly more of an, an MMO. Like, and I think yeah. that's probably something you just need to be mindful of when you say yes to jumping into an MMO, right? It's like, there's a chance that, yeah, this, um, this might come to an end at some point. So it does suck that, yeah, you would have, would have paid a lot of money at launch for that, though. David just said Classic Overwatch. I'd love to go back to Classic Overwatch. Mm. I just... doesn't exist anymore, right? It's, it's done. Yeah. Like, I was excited for Overwatch 2 with the whole planned PvE stuff. And, like, to, to me, like, what, what if Overwatch 2 goes down now? There's, like, nothing... Well, essentially for that was kind of going to be my sort of follow-on point from this is that with the amount of live service games that we've seen now yeah. uh the always online requirements or all this kind of stuff yeah. you know originally it was always online's bad because people don't have great internet connections which i think is a totally valid point especially for for yeah. you know us down here in the southern hemisphere where internet speeds can be uh can be rough at the best of times but even thinking in the long term you know <laughs> you get 10 years into a game like, like we now have so many live service games that are not most of them aren't going to survive 10 years to begin with right because they'll, yeah. they'll go out of business like you've seen with i mean look at how many um how many like you know battle royales and, and other service live service I mean, games went out of business last year some of them don't even make it out of the gate like last of us uh factions yeah or um or hyenas right like that you know yeah. they spent mm-hmm. all that money and it's just they didn't even bring the game out and then you get things like Rumbleverse and Hyperscape and all this kind of stuff and, you know, Lawbreakers and all these things that are just like the games that exist and obviously have a community, but not a big enough one to maintain. So then they just disappear and then you can never play them ever again. Um, this, and this, I feel like we're going to see that stuff, more and more. There's stuff with live service too that doesn't really make sense. Like uh, Knockout City, which went down last year, for example, yeah. had bots. Like why why couldn't there just be a offline bot mode? Mm. Like yeah, you know, for somebody to just go back to and just you know play that every once. In a... I love that game. It was such mm. a cool idea, and I'll continue to support it as a live service. But unfortunately, yeah, they had to close it down. Um, D- David in the chat also points out, yeah, he started playing Arkham Asylum again, and that you know, Suicide Squad is is going to be you know it's going to have that live service stuff all the way through, always online. You know, is that game still going to be playable in ten to fifteen years? If you happen to want to go back and play the story or whatever, I mean, hopefully, yes, in some way. Um, and I really feel like there needs to be some sort of some sort of rule around preservation in terms of like developers mm-hmm. needing to do something when they take the games offline to make an effort to to make as much of the game playable without needing the uh, the server connection. I will. I will say too, there is good examples of. Um live service games on the xbox side like think of stuff like grounded and sea of thieves like where they started off and like especially grounded yeah. for what they've done with it's that amazing game, game. Yeah. such a small team yeah like it can it can do well if supported correctly but like even like sea of thieves only just recently i don't know if they have done all that they remember they were talking about doing like that the sort of offline private server thing right where it's like you could just like so it's thing. not offline it's safer seas so you don't gotcha. have the um you don't have you know enemy ships attacking it's just like you, it's basically just, yeah 
it's just you and your crew. Like, it's a lot safer situation. But mm. then I think the achievements are... I think you can only get like 20% of the list or something because it's yeah. all tied to low entry stuff. Right, okay, right. Because that's not how they intended the game to be played, essentially. Which I think is fair um, if they're adding something in like that. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, I don't agree with the live servicing of, especially with Sea of Thieves, of discontinuing achievements while a live service game is up. Um, but yeah. Uh, David also in the chat points out that uh, Guitar Hero... Um... Is it World Tour? Um, no, no I, you're thinking I, of, he's thinking of Guitar Hero Live, live. right? Live, yeah. 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 Guitar Hero Live having the, the campaign, the, the career mode available, but their whole sort of online library stuff has just been completely shut down. because. They... So, so that's the other thing too. Like if you're tied to... Like the, the crew, for example, could be tied to licensing with their cars. Hmm. Um, so that could be a... You know, we had a 10-year run. Unfortunately, we have to bring the game down because of licensing issues. Um. Which, I mean, like, it yeah. sucks. I, music games, you see it all the time. Mm. I'm hoping that we see maybe a little bit less of that as we go forward as kind of game developers get a bit wiser to the, this being a problem. Because uh, I remember that, you know, there was the, this, the licensing stuff was the reason why the Forza games always got took down after a certain period of time, all the DLCs for them, because they had only, like, you know, they, I think it was the Porsche mm. DLC. They only mm. had the rights to it for a couple of years and they just removed it. And they're like, hey, we don't have the rights to sell this anymore. So I'm yeah. hoping that, you know, going forward, they're like, actually, no, we need to hold on to these for a lot longer, if not in perpetuity, in some form or another. Um, yeah. Even if they're outside of active development. But yeah. Uh, Shane, do you have any sort of closing thoughts or anything? Uh... Um, no, I just think, yeah, it does suck. Um, but at the same time, I can understand why Ubisoft wants to close the servers on mm. a game that's, uh, yeah, 10 years old and its second sequel is has now launched. So, right. yeah. That's a good point. Probably not bringing in anything in for them at all. Mm. No, no, probably not. So. Well, there's probably a lot of people playing it now. Um, all right, uh, Cameron, you grab some news for us this week? Yeah, so i got a few news stories. Um, I think straight off the bat, uh, the developer direct was rumoured to be returning, and then it was confirmed uh, early in the week. It's coming on January 18th, and it will feature Indiana Games uh, gameplay, as well as a look at Avowed Hellblade 2, and what was the other one? Um, Aro History Untold. That's it. Oh, yeah. Which is from the, I think, Civ devs. Yeah, Oxide Games. They're made up of yeah. Civ vets. Yeah. Which I didn't get the chance to play Gamescom, but I'm very interested in seeing more. Um, yeah, I mean, like, not much of this. Um, it's good to see Xbox doing the developer direct each year kind of like starting off mm. i think having a um jan sh mini showcase i guess and then having the um i don't know what you call it now whether you call it e3 or fan fest or S summer games just the june showcase summer. yes june yeah, showcase, yeah. yes yeah it's always june yeah mid, um mid, mid near yeah exactly yeah, but uh, yeah, it's good seeing this kind of format moving forward. They've talked about that um, they're not going to have any updates on games from Activision Blizzard, which I think makes sense. It's still pretty early after closing the deal. Um, I was surprised about seeing uh, Indiana Jones on here, though. Definitely, yeah. I thought we'd see it, see it this year. You know, mm -hmm. maybe at the showcase, maybe at Game Awards. But yeah, the fact that they 
showing it this early and then insider gaming was reporting that it's launching in 2024 as well yeah. that's huge although not entirely surprising considering if it wasn't coming this year then what else is bethesda launching from like well, a was... new release perspective they've got shattered space for starfield yeah. they've got updates yeah. i'm sure for so and and fallout 76 but what's their like new title um Maybe it's like Oblivion Remaster is closer than we think. I um, I wonder where Outer Worlds two is. Yeah. As well. I, yeah, I don't expect that for a couple of years. Um, like after event. I, I was thinking like twenty twenty, like late twenty twenty five at the earliest. For yeah. I mean, but the, that's where yeah, I that cinematic trailer was quite a while ago though, right? It was a couple of years back now. It was like Indiana. Three, four, uh, Outer Worlds. Oh, Outer Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they, were was... making, they, were, they did a cinematic trailer making fun of cinematic trailers. Yeah. I think it was and 20, I mean, twenty one maybe. Yeah, twenty one. I think yeah. With with Outer Worlds two being a sequel, like they could have used the same kind of engine and like had a lot of the same or similar assets. It looks like a Vowd's running on the whatever engine they use. I'm not entirely yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about where Indiana Jones fits in terms of timelines. Like the last Machine Games game was 2019, I think. Was that that was Young Blood, yeah? Young Blood, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I think that was twenty. Oh yeah, was that twenty nineteen? I think so because it was right um, before COVID. I remember that much. Yeah, and that was that was a game that wasn't. Um, I think they got support from another studio. Like it wasn't like the heavy lifting wasn't done by them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mm. there was. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking. Uh, um, Arcane Leon helped with them with it. Apparently, that's it. Yeah. Interesting. So I mean, it's been. I mean, it'll be if if Indiana Jones comes out this year, that'll be five years. Um, so I mean, that's a decent amount of time. I mean, there was obviously the rumor that they're still, they're working on Wolfenstein three in the background as well. Mm. Um, but we haven't heard anything about that, so I don't know how true that is. But uh, but they're also not a massive studio, right? I so, think they're maybe I mean, two hundred. Yeah, a bit under yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I was uh, I was watching a YouTube video today and they cited an interview that Todd Howard gave not too long ago. And he, he was speaking about Indiana Jones um, and he said that, uh, yeah, he had, he's had this idea on an indie game and BGS was kind of like the not, the, not the right studio to do it, but Machine Games was kind of perfect. Right. And um, he noted that it's going to be like a, it's like a blending of genres. It's not entirely one thing. Like there's definitely new ideas they're going to be exploring. So I'm just so keen to see like how it plays. Like, what's the main mechanics? Is it first person? Is it third person? Is it a mix of puzzle and action, like exploration? Yeah, what are we going to be doing? What's the main sort of mechanic? It's it's interesting because I think back a few years ago there was like this is well before Indiana Jones was announced. There was that article that I believe Todd said about he's always wanted to do an indie game. Mm. Yeah, well, it just makes just... me wonder of like those like little plants in the media of just like. Well, I mean, to be fair, Todd, Todd has always been great about planting stuff in his videos about <laughs> things that he's working on as well. So true. Um, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, Shane. I'm very, very excited to see what the fuck this is. I think it's really interesting, and mm. I think it could be great. Yeah, but it's been yeah it's been a while since they've talked about it in terms of like we haven't seen details about it we haven't seen anything basically it was just a reveal trailer and it was basically a teaser yeah i think machine games is completely underrated yeah. i think their level design is might be some of the best ever 
Um, the storytelling is on point, like the the feel of the mechanics, like the actions, like playing Wolfenstein, like the feeling in your hands when you're playing that game is so satisfying. New Order, New Order. is amazing. Yeah. New Order is my number one recommendation. If anybody wants to like a single player FPS mm. kind of experience, I don't think there's a better game. Yeah. Racked in my brain, I would I think I would agree actually. And that was a game from 10 years ago. Yeah. Nuts. A perfect achievement list. Also, like yes. Exactly also, what yes. you want perfect from that kind of game. List. Um how many of these games do you think we're gonna get release dates for? During the showcase, you would they got it. They have to have released that for Hellblade 2, right? I think, like, yeah, I, I am I'm convinced Hellblade 2 is March. Oh, I, I don't I think, I think it's May at the latest. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably, I'm thinking like quite quiet season, April, May is probably not, probably not too far off. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta, I think it's gotta be first half at least. Yeah, yeah I think our history and Todd will be the, of the four that they've confirmed, the four games. I think that's, I think that's first. Um, also, I'm wondering where Towerborn is from Stoic um, Studio. Oh, yeah. Towerborn apparently needed a little bit more work. Oh, really? Okay, because I would have I would have put money on that being the first first mm. party release this year. Uh, Just given that they showed gameplay at, uh, at the June showcase, it was playable at Gamescom, and people were really enjoying it. Um, yeah, they, they did a massive thing at uh, Gamescom for it. Yeah. I... I can't remember where I read it. I swear it was something about like Talborn had just been pushed back a little. Right. Maybe I'm imagining that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, yes. I, I think I think Ara is probably first. I, I'd put Hellblade at m- around May, and I think I think Avowed is Q3, Indiana Q4. That's kind of my where my head's at. I can see it. So you got one one yeah. per quarter basically. That's their yeah. mission, right? That's what they've been trying to trying to get to. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely. I mean, I'm interested in. I mean, Ara is not really my kind of thing, but um, Hellblade too. I'm, I'm interested in, um, but I'm very, very excited for about an Indiana Jones for sure. Yeah. Did you play the first one, Matt? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's a really. I think for the the development team size and the like, the scope of the project is really, really impressive. Um, I just think playing it is probably maybe less fun that, or is less enjoyable than experiencing it, if that makes sense. I think it's right, yeah. yeah. I, I'm excited for Hellblade 2 because I think, like, if that's their first run at it, oh, 100%. Like how well it is. Yeah, 100%. Um, I feel like if they can iron out the sort of the slight mechanical problems that game might have, um, that it'll just, it'll just be all the better for it. And having Microsoft back them, mm. like, just, yeah. I think yeah, more more satisfied varied combat. I'm not expecting like an action game. You know, yeah. I'm not not expecting it to play as well or as fast or as um, brutal as something like a Devil May Cry or God of War or anything like that. I think just yeah, it, like some of the enemies in Hellblade One got a bit repetitive. Um, some of the puzzle mechanics were were cool, but outstayed their welcome a bit. I would say yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean now I'm operating on a shoestring budget for that game, so. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I think it's probably going to be the best looking game this entire generation. I just I can't yeah. I can't imagine anything looking better. If there if something comes along and looks better than Hellblade Two, I'll, my jaw will hit the floor. Is it is it weird that I want it to be like a God of War light? Like I I, don't saying, th- like... I I feel like I mean you also remember like the original was quite a long time ago. Um, yeah. so I think that taking inspiration from the other big Norse game on the competitors platform is probably not the worst idea in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it'll go full in that direction, right? Because I think they're trying to tell a different kind of story. But 
I, I, I think just like having a little bit more varied combat, having mm. a varied, like a little bit more varied puzzles. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. like slightly longer than what the first was. Yeah. I, I'm not expecting like a grand scale, like 50 hour. No, no. I, I, I reckon I, 10, 12 yeah. hours tops. Yeah. Um, 10 to 15. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I remember thinking to myself, oh, yeah, Hellblade, finish it in like four or five hours. I'll do it in one sitting, smash it out. I think I lasted 90 minutes and I was like emotionally drained. It's <laughs> so a lot. I need to take a break. Um, so, yeah, I imagine it's going to be something something similar here. Um, and you got to remember also, like, you know, they're going for a particular type of experience, right? This isn't a third person yeah. action game where you're getting new weapons, upgrading them, you know, yeah. it, like getting new abilities. Yeah. It's just that's not the type of experience they want to they want to deliver here. So yeah, yeah. Based based on the trailer stuff, it doesn't look like things get a lot better for Senua. So um, <laughs> I'm I'm thinking I think tonally I think it's going to be more of the same, which I'm totally on board for because like you know I, I, I just want the setup dark. to want the setup to be able to like take it all in. Yeah, like just have like dark room, have yeah, the sound headphones. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, I'm like I'm very interested to see what they do with Indiana Jones. Personally, with Avad, when they so showed off the second trailer, I'm kind of hoping it goes more towards the darker stuff. Apparently, no, that, apparently it is. I don't know if they they got a lot of response yeah. from that that second trailer. We were like, oh, you just made a super colorful like fable game, and they're like, mm, kind of somewhere in the middle because <laughs> right? it's it's set yeah. in the same universe as Pillars of Eternity. So, I guess the the idea is is that it's not completely grim dark but also it's not yeah. you know full of whimsy and magic and it's maybe maybe a little more skyrim than dungeons and dragons if that I, makes sense. i kind of just want to split the difference between the two trailers right yeah. like yeah. i want something in the middle i think it's weird. yeah i i do i do worry for that because in the little description here on the uh xbox wire blog it says um Yada yada yada. Their upcoming fantasy action RPG set in a fantastic in the fantastical, vibrant living lands. Um, yeah. So, might be getting a bit more colour than you'd hope. I mean, you know, like what I'll just turn the brightness down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just play black and white. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm excited for it. I think that even if it I'm is pumped. a yeah. even if it is another kind of Skyrim esque game with a slightly smaller scale. That's great. We we have like fucking you know we haven't had a, a game like that in ages. Skyrim came out what twenty eleven. Yeah, right. Which is insane. Yeah. And and they and we haven't really had a lot in that kind of genre, if you mm. can call it that. I mean, it came uh, out in twenty eleven, and then yeah, that's yes, that's <laughs> twenty fourteen, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe so I'll I'm, get to Skyrim this year. I'm, I'm I'm definitely keen on it. I, I like the kind of Pillars of Eternity universe and all that kind of what they what they did with that original game. Um, yeah. So getting to play it from a slightly different perspective sounds good to me. Um, even if it is, yeah, a little more whimsical than uh, than they first led us to believe. Uh, all right, Cameron. Uh, what else we got? Uh, moving on, Minecraft Legends development has officially ended as Mojang confirms there are to be no more updates. So they uh they put out that uh, what was the last one called? Oh, the, the witches uh, update or something or other. Yeah, with uh the chunky one k update, but yeah, yeah, their November um, update. Um, yeah. Since launch, we'll listen to community feedback, implemented a series of changes and tweaks to make the game better. With that complete, we're now going to take a step back from development. I am really surprised at this. 
based entirely on how much Minecraft and Minecraft Dungeons had received updates over. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Minecraft's always going to be updated, right? But one of the biggest games of all time. But um, Minecraft Dungeons, they put so much extra content into. Yeah. I, think, I think Minecraft Dungeons is an inherently more accessible genre. You yeah, know, yeah. it's a, you know, the people describe that game as baby's first uh, dungeon crawler. Um, and I think, I think that just that genre is, is so much more popular and accessible mm -hmm. than action strategy. You know, when, when they first unveiled Mine, uh, Minecraft Legends, I was stoked. I was like, oh my God, like who's making action strategy anymore? No yeah. one. Yeah. So I was just stoked to have another game in that in that genre. But um, this doesn't entirely surprise me, honestly. Like I, I think the Minecraft name only carries you so far. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're already on to the next spinoff as well. Yeah, there's no shortage of uh, of uh, water they can pull from that well, right? There's Minecraft is one of those evergreen properties that you can basically mm. do it do so much with. How is there not a Minecraft kart racer at this point? I, I was just Mine about to say Minecraft yeah. racing. Minecart, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> man, print money. Exactly right. Oh, give us a car because yeah, I don't I'm... play Minecraft, but give us a kart racer, any kart racer. I just need a good kart racer on Xbox. I I, I would love a kart racer in the similar vein of um, Diddy Kong Racing. Mm. CTR like... or yeah. Oh man, yeah, something like that. Take me back. Um, you know what was good? Oh, now. Completely blank. No, Joyride Turbo. Joyride oh, yeah. Turbo. Yeah. The non-connect one. Yeah. Yep. So good. Oh, man. Man, the what 360 knew what to do with avatars. Yeah. Like, so Did many they games that, like, <laughs> I Look, compared to the Xbox One generation. I mean, sure. Yeah, now, that's, that's fair. I mean, like, do you think of something like the Wii? The Wii had so many games that you could um, that you could implement. What are they called? Mies. Mies, yeah. Yeah, I we just that just that period of time, like yeah, even I, like I'm was it like a rock band? You could bring your one and two and all that kind of stuff. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for Minecraft Legends, I know that I, I was of the same thought that this was going to be supported quite a bit in the same way that Dungeons was, which is why a lot of people were a bit worried about starting it because the initial list looked quite simple, but everyone was worried that it would get a bunch of really difficult DLC in the same way that Dungeons did. Yeah. But. I'm kind of with Shane. I'm not hugely surprised that this is it. I saw a lot of people in the comments being like, this is ridiculous. What is Mojang doing, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, I don't know really what they expected. You know, like this is a game that had a very set story. Like the whole thing was that you would start a campaign, run through the story. You would put the campaign settings on and you would run from the story from beginning to end, choosing which factions to fight against. And that was pretty much it. There wasn't really a huge amount more they could do with it unless they did like a big expansion or like another map or like a, a whole nother separate campaign or something along those lines, which it doesn't really feel like that's the kind of route they wanted to go with this kind of game, considering yeah. it didn't do gangbusters, you know, didn't like, I mean, like Dungeons did quite well. This did less so, but like, like Shane said, yeah. I think it's a, it's a less yeah. accessible genre. It's a genre I probably, I prefer, and I had a really good time playing through it. Uh, but this is actually a classic case of what we were talking about before, where co-op making that game really enjoyable was one of those things. Um, playing yeah. with Aftos made this game fantastic. If I played it on my own, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot less. What yeah, you, I just want to double-check think... a bit. As of September last year, Minecraft Dungeons, 25 million players. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Which is nuts, yeah. Um, where do we think Minecraft goes from here? 
Like, do you think they'll continue to do spin-off games or? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, you got a lot of people employed at Mojang. They're going to be doing something. Look, they're um, going to run out of genres. They have to do a cart racer at some point. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I mean, look, it's it's at some stage. I mean, look, the, I think the next one's definitely a visual novel, um, and then um, and then um, uh, you have like a you do like a Minecraft Overcooked kind of thing. Yeah, um, they basically just go around and just stealing genres from other from other things and just make their Pretty own much. thing. Make it like Comic Jumper. Remember Comic Jumper? Hell yeah! All these different genres. Hell yeah! Just jump around as Steve. Um, really? I know that Jez Corden reported that. Yeah, he. He, he knows that there's a third one in development, like a third spinoff, which just doesn't know, doesn't know what. I think Dungeons was 2018, I want to say. Oh, no, 2020? I can't remember. Mm, um, think, yeah. And then Legends was 2023, only just last year. So maybe we see one in a couple of years. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying, I'm racking my brain as to what they would do. So the more I think about it, the more I'm just thinking cart racing. Yeah. The- like... You've completely just taken me from Te- like team up with Playground do. and just sell fifty million copies across. Yeah, all actually, concepts. actually, yeah. The more you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, Forza Horizon presents Minecraft. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm I'm surprised that we haven't had Minecraft in. Like, okay, I'm not that surprised, but if we're having like Hot Wheels and that kind of stuff in, eventually there could be something. That yeah, into the crossover Minecraft DLC. I mean, there, there is like there are like the skin packs and that kind of stuff that you can buy, but in terms of like actual content, I feel like it gets a bit weird. Um, but I, I know what you mean. It is surprising they haven't done more licensing. They haven't gone down the Fortnite route. Um, but I bet you for Microsoft, it's for not for lack of trying. I'm sure that mm, they're yeah. like, hey, yeah, absolutely, you can get John Wick and, and Minecraft. Maybe like a boomer shooter inside Minecraft. Actually, yes, I would. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. Be a bad it's like idea. a MIDI version of uh, uh, like Doom. Oh, actually, it's a great. Yeah, actually, it's, yeah. I mean, they already did like. I was gonna, I was gonna say like roguelike, but like how much of Minecraft? I mean, that, that's essentially like there's yeah. so much of that that's already in mm. Minecraft Survival, right? But yeah, yeah like there's so the, many the, mods that yeah. The, yeah, there's a lot of mods. There's a lot of opportunity. I mean, you can build pretty much anything in that game, right? So. Sure so much, I, I mean, I'm yeah, sure they're doing tracks in this Minecraft yeah, car race. Exactly. Now. Yeah. Like, imagine like blowing up part of the track, and you, all of a sudden you're just racing underground, like in cabins, yeah. and ah, make your own tracks. Yeah, it's a million dollar idea. Uh, speaking and... of racing, <laughs> uh, people are unhappy with uh, Forza Motorsport. Who would have thought? What else is new? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Right. <laughs> I mean, the tires were very round in those games. They did; it did look I, very, very good. I love how, like, as time goes on, my uh, my opinion of playground games just goes higher and higher, and then my opinion of turn ten just goes lower and lower. Yeah, like, I don't. Uh, I didn't get it. Yeah, I don't play Forza Motorsport at all. Like, it's not my sim racing is not my thing. Um, mm-hmm. I would have I would have bet so much money on this being the best Forza Motorsport. You know, the, yeah. the lengthy dev time, all the lessons learned. I can still recall like Forza Motorsport 5 coming out, launch of the Xbox One, and they got hammered because of how how hard they pushed microtransactions. And they really yeah. turned it around with Forza Motorsport 6. Um, so I'm like, yes, okay, all these learnings, take it, just make the best yeah. racing game you possibly can, make everyone happy, and watch the play base swarm, you know? And that just completely fumbled it. Like, it's not a no. bad game by any stretch, but... I just, uh, I don't know. I it just seems as though they're a bit out of touch, 
And that, that really baffles me for a game that's really driven by so much of its community, I, pun definitely intended. I'm I'm very glad that they've put so much focus on the accessibility. And like that is the one thing mm. that is a resounding success for this game. Um, but I feel like as time goes on with each iteration, motorsports becoming less and less of what it was. And um, I think part of that is because Horizon has just done such a great job. Yeah. especially like since three mm. uh, but also like horizon has been more present you know that this long dev time has not super helped turn 10 in terms of people wanting to play a forza game most people's experience with it is like oh yeah i played forza horizon four and five because they came out one after the other i haven't played a forza motorsport game in years because they haven't put one out no. um david points out you got bored of it real quick yeah that, i mean that that's kind of the, the the feeling that i'm getting from a lot of people is that you know limited tracks a lot of grindy achievements and having to race, you know, two and a half hours to level up a single car and just kind of like not a lot of variety. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's probably not, I don't know if there's much to say about it, but. I'll just, I want to quickly touch base on some stuff. So the things that they're like basically responded back about is the progression system in Forza Motorsport being a diverse topic. Um, while it said addressing this feedback is a top priority for the team going 2024, it will take some time to properly alleviate options, make necessary code changes, and thoroughly test those code changes. Uh, the studio also said it's aware that race regulations aren't always working as they should. Examples include players receiving inconsistent or unfair penalties related to intentional and accidental collisions. It's important that we capture all the data that we can uh, better race when FRR rulings happen in error. So over the next few months, we'll be working with some long-time competitive motorsport players together directly, sorry, direct telemetry from where they've been playing. Um, the more I think about Forza Motorsport, the more I wonder whether it's a Sea of Thieves, like a 2017 Sea of Thieves of like they want to, this is a live service game. They want to make it into a platform. Is this just the, we've got the bare bones out. We're going to turn this into something great, but it's going to take five years to get there. Not five years, but you know what I mean. Like, it's... yeah, I mean, I feel like the fact that they just called it Forza Motorsport, right? They didn't put a number on it; they just kind of mm -hmm. put it out there. I think that you're 100 percent right that they want this to be the platform. Um, but the problem with having a platform is like, you only get one launch, right? Yeah. And if if you fumble the launch, unless you're early access, and even then, <laughs> even then, um, but. Yeah, like there was an argument of like CFDs really needed to be like an early access game for a certain period of time because they should just, have been. Yeah, just a huge like a real, a real dearth of content, um, and it's definitely gotten there with all the DLC that they've done and all the updates and all etc. etc. Um, so yeah, I definitely think Forza could definitely be going in that direction, um, but I feel like they've got a lot less runway than CFDs does. Um, yeah. I feel like people are going to drop like the the the, the sim racing genre is inherently uh, have, has a higher barrier to entry and sort of less general interest than yeah. something that is like you know has a, a high co op element and a lot of like fun you know just messing around stuff. Well, it's like you, this is a sim game. Yeah, you think of Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves has a level of camaraderie because you're yeah. inviting somebody to your crew. It's a it's yeah. a co op yeah. thing. And it's, there's yeah, no one else yeah. out there that's like Sea yeah. of Thieves, whereas Forza has. Yeah plenty of competition exactly if, you, if somebody's dragging you into forza motorsport it's probably because they're a better player and they want to beat you somebody else <laughs> they need someone <laughs> to race against yeah 
Yeah. yeah if someone's trying to convince you to play Forza, it's because they hate you. <laughs> yeah. You just do what I used to do with my brother when when I was a kid playing Gran Turismo. Is that we put the cars on manual and then right at the beginning, I just quickly lean over and just put him in sixth gear and then just I just race down the <laughs> and he just would not understand how the why the car was going so slow. Uh, yeah, no, I, was, I, was, I was a terrible <laughs> brother. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm curious to see what they do with Motorsport because I don't think we're going to get another one of these games for quite a while, so they're kind of stuck with it. Um, and we have seen... Oh, I mean... From the outset, 2023 was a pretty big year of releases for Xbox, but now that we're in 2024, looking back, it's like... Redfall didn't do well, obviously. Uh, yeah. uh, Forza is kind of... We're having some issues here and, and there's some, some real lack of content and, and people aren't terribly happy with it. And also Starfield is also quite contentious in terms of its like level quality and how people are feeling about it. Uh, Starfield's weird, though. Like... I feel yeah, like I don't, I don't want to get like changed. super. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to like open up a whole can of worms and get super into it. But it is without in- saying too much. I think I think it's just popular to hate on Starfield. Oh sure, I yeah. definitely think, this, I think it's yeah. a great game. I don't think it's for everyone. Um, and I don't. I think history is going to treat Starfield very kind. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's it's kind of again it's the it's the everyone was everyone's loving it now everyone's hating it and well, it'll probably end up somewhere closer towards the middle. East, ha- hasn't even. that hasn't it always been the case for like the, for, like even the Skyrim like it launches. People go, uh, hate on a little bit, and then Skyrim was like beloved, people beloved at launch, yeah, for the most part. I mean, there were some people who were like, Hey, this isn't enough, like Oblivion, but like, there have been some Bethesda Fallout 4, I think, four is, yeah, four, yeah, four is the more contentious one, yeah. Um, and I think this is probably maybe more, this is closer to a four than it is like a New Vegas or a three, I think, 100%, yeah, yeah, um. I mean, we, yeah, we, we did a whole spoiler cast on it, which if you're a Patreon, you can already go and check out. Otherwise, it'll be coming out at the end of the month for everyone else. Um, so if you're interested in our thoughts, definitely go and check it out. We uh, we had an interesting discussion about it. Um, but yeah, just it's kind of a... PR-wise, it's kind of... Uh, Microsoft's having a bit of a rough year for their... Um, what, what are supposed to be their big exclusives that are supposed to be, you know, helping them drive Game Pass and hardware sales and all that kind of stuff. There's other stuff, though. There's like Hi-Fi Rush... Which sure. you would like you would not expect like a shadow drop like that to Oh no, for sure. But but also so... like different different kettle of fish in terms of like size yeah. of audience and as much as I love Tango Gameworks. Um what else was there? Redfall, Hi-Fi, Minecraft Legends. Minecraft, Minecraft, Minecraft Legends. Legends, exactly, which also kind of got slightly more slightly cooler reviews than I'm sure they were hoping for. Because um, I again, I don't want to say these games are bad, right? Because I, I think that that's reductive. But I also think that twenty twenty three was such a good year for games that, by comparison, there are uh, <laughs> it was a bit rough. Um, speaking of things coming out this year, um, let's have a chat about this multi platform stuff because I'm I, I don't know a huge amount of, about it. I've been kind of seeing mm. it on the periphery, and I was like, I wanted to, to have a chat with you guys about it. Yeah. I'll, I'll go in the backstory. So an acclaimed Xbox uh, game will grow multi-platform this year. It's claimed, um, according to the Nate the Hate podcast, a show which often breaks stories involving the games industry. The show did not name which title is allegedly coming to competing platforms, but noted that it was in a Game of the Year conversation in the year that it was released. Um, in the calendar year of 2024, Microsoft will bring one of their more acclaimed first-party games to a competitive system, the show claims. Uh, the title I'm referring to was met with high critical acclaim. Fans loved it, and it was in the Game of the Year conversation in the year that was released. 
Nate added, when the announcement comes, I think we'll be met with a lot of excitement because it's a quality game. So, I like I'll, I'll talk about the rumors. So the rumors originally was that um, Hi-Fi Rush was going to be coming to Switch, and then there was discussion about it coming to PS5. Uh, then there was discussion of Sea of Thieves potentially coming to PS5. Those are the main ones I've heard. Um, I find the whole conversation very interesting because I'm very much in the opinion of I think the less exclusives, the better for the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, with some, like, I, I think there's a, there's a flagpole kind of consoles like console sellers of the past like halo 3 and that kind of stuff where i i think they deserve to be kind of exclusives but then titles like um i think like really great experiences like pentiment hi-fi rush that kind of stuff personally deserve to go to other like deserve to be played by as many people as possible um but i mean like guesswork like, actually, how awesome would it be if Pentiment, like, launched an Android or iOS? Yeah, I mean, I think that the game would be a good fit for that, right? It's not like it's a super frenetic action game where you need to be, you don't need a controller. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a narrative game. You can easily click around a screen and just kind of read. I think Microsoft would argue it's just like, well, hey, anyone with a mobile can sign up to Game yeah. Pass and play it via the cloud. Exactly. Um they're also looking to move into mobile as well anyway with the acquisition of king yeah um, so maybe it's and a third store you even got them reaching out with like MetaQuest free like you can play game pass through those headsets now um yeah they want game pass on as many screens as possible yeah. i think it's smart i mean i think it makes a lot of sense and it kind of they've, they've been saying they've been beating this drum for a yeah. long time uh, around like even Phil Spencer saying he'd love to have you know the Game Pass app on PlayStation and Nintendo, mm-hmm. you know years and years and years ago. So this doesn't come as a huge surprise. Um, they've done Ori in the past on Switch. Yeah, it's not unheard of, and Minecraft obviously yeah. is still on other platforms. So having I think some of the, having some of this I want to say smaller games, but but like you said, like less like temple releases on other platforms after they've originally been on the mm. Xbox, I think probably makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I'd say yeah. like more experimental first parties. Sure. Yeah. It's hard to classify like, you know. Not not like... console sellers, basically. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I think that's where like the slippery slope is, right? Like, because mm. I, could, I could make a great argument that I think Sea of Thieves as a live service game, you know, multiplayer... Mm. Um, benefits from being on more platforms, particularly yeah. something like PS5. Um, I've long said that you know games like that, live service games in particular, they just get better when there there's more people playing them. Yeah. It's easy to find matches. Um, it, the the games is sustained more healthily because there are more people spending money in that game. Mm-hmm. So it gives the development team more incentive to continue pushing new content and updating it and keeping that game thriving. Um, but then if, if you say, okay, our service game deserves to go multi-platform, then should Forza Horizon 5, should Halo Infinite, your biggest IP, the game that defines Xbox, mm. should that live on Switch or PlayStation? 
And then all of a sudden, is there even a reason at all to get a, an Xbox console? And so I, I understand the the concern from like the hardcore Xbox fan base to say, no, nothing should leave, should uh, lose exclusivity um, because all of a sudden uh, the health of the Xbox console is in, is in jeopardy. So I think Microsoft is tr probably trying to have its cake and eat it too in this situation. Mm -hmm. You know, they want their hardcore Xbox fan base still there, um, but they also want to grow their business as quickly as possible. Um, and I, I hope they tread lightly. I don't think, um, because like I said, slippery slope. The second you set precedent with one first party game from Xbox Game Studios, you know, not necessarily Bethesda or Activision, yeah. um, then that that conversation can catch fire. It can take, a, 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 take on a life of its own. And all of a sudden it goes from, well, Hi-Fi Rush is on Switch and PlayStation. So what's the next Xbox game to to go multi-platform? Don't you want all your games to be as successful as possible? And then the sentiment becomes, well, Xbox games are going to come to PlayStation anyway. Why buy an Xbox console? So yeah, I understand the concern from from the fan base. Um, I, I'm really curious to see how Microsoft reacts because I think um, it does play into their whole, we just want to reach as many players as possible. Um, but is it going to come at the cost of a waning console business? Then, yeah, yeah that might be the case, which I hope not. Cause I, I, I love my console. I want the cons yeah. the Xbox console to, to live on as like the foundation of the Xbox ecosystem. Right. Um, yeah. Until obviously cloud becomes the experience on cloud becomes indistinguishable, indistinguishable to local hardware, which I'm not sure it ever will, but we're going to get close eventually. Yeah. It, it has made leaps and bounds over the last sort of four or five years. Um, that's Microsoft that, though. They always jump on the tech a little bit too early and then that's it. Is, yeah. And I think, I think they're like, like a generation ahead of themselves here. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think if we got to like the next generation and yeah, like, and then they started to experiment more with this, I think that'd be, that'd be okay. Well, like when cloud's in a really good place, right. Where cloud is, is a really viable option to, for us as hardcore gamers to, to really experience that. Um, yeah. Particularly in our country, it's it's not right now. Yeah, I feel I feel so strange about it though because I think like personally to me, exclusive shouldn't be the thing that sell consoles. It should be just the ecosystem of the console itself. Um, but then I could one hundred percent see Microsoft like Microsoft going down the way with cloud of like eventually, hey, if we don't need to make a console, that's uh, less of a cost as long as we can put our games everywhere else. Or have I mean, some form of an ecosystem. I, I will also point out that you yeah. know the the Series X sales for last year were down like fifteen percent from the previous year. You know, in terms of like pure hardware, like they, they yeah. are selling less consoles. Yeah. Um, like I love my console. Like I yeah, I, me too. I love my Series console. X. Is the most preferred way for me to game. But yeah. um, I mean, I'd I'd love to live in a world where. There was no like there was no console wars. We could play Animal Crossing or God of War on our Xbox, and you would just go with the system that speaks best to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah not it, worried about the software. Worry about the hardware. Yeah, and I think that I can't say I, I'm surprised that they're branching out. I mean, like, I think. Like Shane, what you were talking about, people not wanting to buy an Xbox because the games are available elsewhere, right? Like I feel like we're already kind of most of the way there where the minute, like again, I, I happened to be on, on Reddit the other day with people talking about this this conversation and being like, well, mm. 
I, it's like I buy all, all the games that would be on Xbox on PC anyway, right? Because they bring them out on both, and PC is the best place to pay everything. Um, but now PlayStation bring out most of their first parties to PC, definitely not day and date. But mm. if you're willing to wait, like, yeah, if you want to play God of War mm. Ragnarok, it's like, yeah, I could buy a PS5, or I could just wait and I'll just play it on the PC where I, you know, rather than finding $700 on down on a console that on a console that I'll play for one, one. exactly. And I think yeah. that that's the thing where like, PlayStation was really, really uh, like reluctant to start putting things on PC for that exact for that exact reason of being like, well, actually, you're going to cannibalize your console sales for people who are interested. Yeah. But I think the money that they make, because I think the majority of people are going to be like, I have plenty of things on PC. It's not worth it for me to you know pick this up to play Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank, Spider Man, and God of War, and that's it. It's like I wait for them all to come to PC, and I'll play them on PC on the on Ultra on my forty ninety. Yeah. And have a better experience on it than I ever would have had on a PlayStation. And Xbox and is buy a Switch. Yeah, and then buy a Switch, basically, because <laughs> Nintendo will never bring out their console to anything else ever. Um, yeah. So yeah, going PC Switch is like the the best way to have just about everything available. Right. Yeah. I think what's frustrating for like a lot of fans on the Xbox side is they. I think we can we can all imagine a world in which Microsoft dominates console and has a successful PC and cloud business at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the frustrating part. Where it's just like, because we're fans of the ecosystem, right? Like we're we're yeah. in it because we love it. We love these these games, and I think a lot of us hearken for those those three sixty days. Yeah, where where Microsoft was a a strong competitor, had a thriving console ecosystem, and look, just take that and replicate it across PC and cloud. Um, yeah, we're just we're just not in that reality anymore. We're, we're, the world we live in is one where, yeah, PS5 outsells Xbox three to one. The the brand loyalty is so strong; it's become the the default sort of de facto console for for so many people. And like Phil admitted, you know, last year that um, people have built their libraries and their uh, yeah. and their, their sort of gaming foundation on on PlayStation. It's really hard to pull them pull them away from that. So, yeah, that's why they're they're not interested in out consoling the other guy. Um, which is a shame, you know, because I, I think they can, I think they could achieve both if they really wanted to, you know, there are rumors of them sort of hitting reset and launching the next generation early in 2026 and maybe being more competitive. I would love to see that happen because I think, mm. um, it'd do well to give PlayStation t- even tougher competition than, than they already are. Um, yeah, we're just gonna have to wait and see, but I think, um, I think you're right, Cameron. I think they are, they're probably just a generation ahead of, um, where the world is going when it, when it comes to, you know, cloud being the, the dominant place that most people play games. Um, yeah. Let's hope they just, they just don't fumble it again. Fingers crossed. It'd be really interesting if the conversation around this was like more of a trade. Yeah. Like, it, if oh, we, with, it, like IP. Yeah. yeah. What would you want? Like you, from I was going to say, but man, can you imagine that negotiation? <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be like Pokemon cards all over again. It's like, well, I've got, a, you know, I've got one Halo and I've got a Fable. Um, can I trade you for uh, a God of War and uh, a Spider-Man? And they're like, no, there's no right. way I'm giving, no way I'm, I'm giving you Spider-Man. I'm gonna make this very easy. All yeah. Disney plat, uh, all Disney IP should be multi-plat. I mean that. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, actually, that would make a lot of sense because then we'd we'd all get Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you know, mm-hmm. get that off yeah. the stinky switch, and then yeah. everyone gets Spider-Man, and then everyone else gets Blade. Yeah, an indie, an indie. Blade and Indy and I, I like I think maybe I, I, I can things. understand exclusivity like with God of War and stuff that's like developed in house. Yeah, it's like PlayStation built IP. Yeah, yeah. 
But as soon as you're taking IP out of it and making it into something that's exclusive for your console that we've, you know, we've treasured in some different form of media before. Sure. That's hard though where you draw the line yeah. of that because like Insomniac are still one of their internal studios making their game at the end of the day. And if they weren't making that, they'd be working on um, Sunset Overdrive 2 or something along those lines, right? I just don't want to get to a point like 10 years in the future where we're just like, oh, I need to get a PS5 to play the Wolverine game and then I need to do but this. But again, and... it'll all be on PC, right? Like that's, yeah, <clears> that true, is the thing. True. They're 100% going to be bringing it to PC Eventually, yeah. that's where the money is. Yeah. It's the growing market. Um, the other right. the other one I forgot to mention before too was Psychonauts 2. Oh, yes. So the exception to me as well is if you have existing pre, uh, like, you know, original or the prequels or whatever, on that particular platform, I think that's fair game. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I want Sunset a... Overdrive 2. <laughs> I think it was a special case, right? Like the game was kickstarted with all these different platforms in mind. It was announced well before the acquisition. Yeah. Um, if they make a Psychonauts 3, I can see that being exclusive. Yeah. You know, definitely. in the same way that, um, you know, the next Elder Scrolls will be exclusive and Fallout yeah. and Doom or whatever. I mean, the rumor was they were going to remake the first one, which I think would be a godsend because that game is for psychonauts yeah oh please do yeah that would i I feel like it would be such a dick move if you remade a game like psychonauts and they just (laughs) made an exclusive it's 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 oh yeah i don't think they would right because i mean at least with bethesda that's what all the um the remasters they've been doing for doom and quake have been um have been multiplat and even that anniversary edition of skyrim the other year that mm. was still multiplayer as well. Yeah. So I've got a feeling like even this Oblivion remaster, I think that I think those like that in the Fallout Three, I think they'll be Fallout Three. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, even when the I don't want to dive us back into the the Activision Blizzard stuff, but you know that was a big part of the negotiating thing. Was like it didn't make sense for them to cut off games that made so much money on a platform that outsells them three to one. It's like why would you take COD away from the PlayStation? Mm. Yeah. You know, you I'm get thirty percent really, every time it sells. I'm really interested to see what they do with Switch. Yes, like really interested. Well, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with Switch Two, or whatever that ends up. Yeah, being, I think that's a Call of Duty on the the OG Switch. Prob- yeah, don't think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll be like it'll be like playing Call of Duty on a DS. It'll be fun. It'll, it'll be like the old <laughs> days where they brought out a Game Boy version of the game made by a completely different developer that has nothing to do with the original game. Yeah. Good times. Um, all right, now tell me about this fucking toaster. Uh, all right, so Xbox Series S toaster ha- will roll out globally very soon. Um, I saw this, I think it was last week. Uh, it came out for Walmart at $39.99. Uh, yep. Okay, sorry. In the US and France right now, it's from Uconic. Uh, and over the next month, fans will globally will see additional retailers bringing these toasters to their online offerings. I just I just had a thought too. It's gonna be like an EB exclusive. Yeah, probably. And it's gonna it's gonna be one of those things of like I've ordered like I pre-ordered my series S toaster for EB games. <laughs> Gotta make sure you get your points, mate. Oh uh, like I mean the fridge was a good idea. I think the I yeah. This one's I'm a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I mean, who looked at the Series S and said that's a toaster? No one. Yeah, everyone like the... looked at the Series X and said, "That's a fridge." <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fridge if anything, this should be a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, yeah. I would buy I mean, a Series S Bluetooth speaker if it was like smaller, like a mini Series S, even smaller than uh... it currently is. 
I'm, I'm enjoying all the comments on the TA article about it. Um, to only works with digital bread, doesn't add uh, toast not included. You got to buy it as microtransactions. That actually, that's the weird thing though, because like you think about it, a toaster is like essentially a disk drive. Yes, that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah exactly right. the one thing yeah. the Series S doesn't have. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, is toast is only only runs at 1080p. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It doesn't have, can't doesn't have split screen co-op. Yeah, um, <laughs> split screen co-op toast. <laughs> Oh boy! Probably got better spec than the Series S. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, look. I look. I heard they tested co-op. They cut one piece of bread in half, and one got lost in the toaster. Yeah, that's, <laughs> just got too badly burnt. Unrecognizable. Uh, I mean, look. I could use a new toaster. You know, maybe I don't know. Like this. This, is the... this looks like the cheapest kind of like. It does look mark. really bad, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like the speaker, I would fully get across, even if it like. Like even if it just played, you know, the bare minimum kind of audio. I mean, I've, got, but... I've got my Xbox Mini fridge sitting here, and it's like I don't use it because it's like it's just it's cool to look at. But I know that it's also like only a thermo cooler, and you're not supposed to have it plugged in all the time, and blah blah. blah. And I'm like, yeah, all right, it can look cool. I I want the proper Series X fridge. I want the one that um, Snoop oh, the Rock. The... Oh, is it? The Rock or Snoop Oh, Dog? yeah, uh, maybe, sorry. Well, there's a couple yeah, of them that went out, actually. I think Snoop they had, like, Dog, three or four of them. I, Justine, and... I, Justine got one, which was so some, weird. Somebody else. Um, oh, man. Yeah, that, that's the kind of fridge I'd want. Um, and speaking of variations of hardware design, I was thinking maybe for, like, the 360s, the 360s 20th anniversary, just take the Series X and put it in a 360 like the shape exact exact form factor of a 360 and release that as a limited edition series x you got to make sure you take the red lights out of it though so no one fucks with it no gotta leave it that's part of the experience part of the charm I one and three one and three chance it might just fucking break dollars oh man to have like what is a series x on your like tv cabinet but it looks identical to a 360 which yeah. which version of the 360? Like the original OG one? I'd want OG. Yeah. I know yeah. some people would probably want the S version, but yeah. yeah, I had the OG white. The classic OG white, yeah. And if yeah. you and if you were cheap and you didn't go for the premium one, it had like the the non glossy disk drive or whatever. <laughs> That's right, the arcade. Yeah, the arcade, arcade one. Everyone was like four gig on, hard drive. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It's like come on, you couldn't couldn't spend the extra hundred bucks to get the get the good one with a proper 20 gig hard drive or whatever. Yeah. You can fit geometry rules and Zuma on the hard drive. And that's about yeah, exactly. it. Play a heavy weapon. <laughs> it's my first completion ever. Heavy weapon. Um, yeah. I'm, I don't think I'll buy this, but it is funny to see. Um, I, I think by the end of this, I mean, Microsoft might have a lucrative business in the, um, in the homewares category. You never know. Right. So like if that's you get, a, yeah. get a, a Microsoft uh, washing machine or whatever, but look, yeah, looks like the original Xbox. Xbox hardware. It's actually in the white goods <laughs> yeah, section. Exactly. <laughs> Plays Doom because they own the IP now. But yeah. yeah. Um, oh God! Could you imagine a future where Microsoft starts like stops doing consoles and just does entirely white goods? Sure. Why not? I mean, you know. No. Nah. No. Nah. <laughs> All right. Tell me about Game Pass because it's been a it's been a hell of a it's been All a hell right. of a month. I haven't, I haven't included the whole month. I've only done the first half. But um, so far, we had Close to the Sun, which I believe you'll talk about in games you've been playing. Yep. Hell Let Loose, which I want to check out. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Figment, Super Mega Baseball 4, We Happy Few Re-Entering, Resident Evil 2, and Those Who Remain. 
Uh, leading, we have Grand Theft Auto V once again, Gun Story, MotoGP 22, and both Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden. Yeah, um, so you're probably not going to have time to finish pretty much any of those at this stage. I mean, Garden Story maybe, but... Like 20 hours? Uh, yeah, Garden Story, you could probably get a little bit quicker than that, um, okay. but not much. It's not a super long game. It's more like a sort of Zelda-esque top-down, Link to the Past kind of thing. All right. Um, well, let's get into what we've been playing. Um, as I guess, Shane, do you want to start? You got anything that's uh, you've been diving into over the holiday break? Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, smashed through a bunch of games at the tail end of December. One of them was Jedi Survivor, which I started at launch and then just never got around to finishing. I think I put him in like three hours in April and then didn't play it again until December. Um, finished it. I was playing on like the difficulty just above normal. Sure. I think it was like Jedi Master. Yeah, I want to say Jedi Jedi Knight maybe because I think it's like maybe it's like Padawan Jedi Jedi Knight and then Jedi Master I think is the oh, okay yeah probably yeah. Jedi Knight then um and yeah really tough was mm. loving it I got to the final boss and then I just I I couldn't I bumped it down to yeah. Jedi just <laughs> for that just for that fight so I nearly beat the whole game on on Jedi Knight um I think the game's excellent I think if the game came out later it might not have been snubbed for game of the year like 2023 was a ridiculously good year for games probably tried to get it on our top 10 this year but someone in this call not naming names uh said that it was that uh because of its performance issues that remnant 2 should be ahead of it (laughs) right i look i if they had delayed it six months it would have been fine yeah okay all right i i i i have issue with the fact that they've essentially you know respawn is such a good studio it's one of my favorite studios and they've gone look this is as good as it's going to get we're moving on they yeah. did just put uh, and even I had stuff, some yeah. bugs in the Xbox version. I know PC is yeah. probably where the most pain was felt, mm. but um, multiple times, you know, I I jump onto the forgetting the name of the ship, but I jump onto it. We you know um, jump to the um, jump to a different uh, planet, um, and you know it would it would take off. It would go into into hyperspace, and um, the second I enter the cockpit, like everyone's t posing for a good ten yeah. seconds. Um, yeah, audio is out of sync, that sort of thing. Like it didn't break the experience entirely, but yeah, it wasn't um not something you expect from a studio like like Respawn. Um yeah, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I think it is like perfect Jedi wish fulfillment. Like when I think of a game that lets you be a Jedi, like I don't I'm I can't even imagine how much better it can get than than this. Like sure there are gonna be more like mm-hmm. Jedi powers and you know, we get a bit of a hint that maybe Kestis is like, you know, dark side going on there <laughs> towards the end, um, tapping into his anger a bit. So who knows what happens um, with the, with the three call, but um, yeah, I really loved it. it. I think it's yeah number, two, number three uh, for 2023 for me, my third favorite game. Um, other than that, yeah, earlier this month, um, the first game I beat was uh, the first Dishonored. This is a game that I played, I think shortly after launch and I think at the time, just not my type of game. Mm-hmm. And I've completely, my tastes have completely changed. And I thought I should definitely go back um, because I just love the whole idea of this game, the whole concept. Um, the, the immersive sim genre is something I should enjoy. Um, like I love Bioshock. So yeah, and I'm glad I went back. I think this game is superb. I love just how many options it gives to you. I mentioned earlier, like, you know, Machine Games is a master of level design. I think Arcane is up there as well. So yeah, this is all. Um, I'm on a mission to play yeah a bunch of uh, games from studios that have new releases coming up. So I definitely want to play um, Dishonored Two, 
Uh, is it Death of the Outsider DLC? I yeah. hear that's like it's this sort of this spin-off standalone. Yeah. standalone yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's like I've heard it being described as exceptional and definitely should play that. And then Deathloop. So I'll get I'll probably get to get to those this year hopefully. Um, yeah. Other than that, I did a quick replay of um of Florence, which only takes forty minutes. Um, have you guys play, played this one? On no, the... I haven't actually. I need it. I need to get around to it. I've always heard like such Mate. like such amazing indie. It's eight bucks on iOS. It is well worth it. Um, it hits like a bricks truck, like emotionally. Um, it is masterful at communicating its story through insanely simple gameplay mechanics. Mm. Um, it's it, like it, I was telling my partner this. Like it inspires me to make my own game. Um, like I, 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 one of my goals this year is to just like fully conceptualize this this game that i've been thinking about and i think a lot of the mechanics and the gameplay ideas will be inspired by by florence so that's like on my you know one of my goals for, for 2024 um and the other game that we just mentioned um part of game pass drop this uh this month that i've been trying to play is hell let loose mm, because yeah. i downloaded on xbox and me and my mates we play crossplay all the time right like i've, I've yeah. sort of gravitated more towards xbox you know we've been playing we started playing dark tide at the end of last year, they're on PC, I'm on Xbox, that was working fine. And then downloaded Hell, um, Hell at Loose on Xbox, found out no cross-play. I'm like, fine, I'll go play it on PC. Um, and then no matchmaking. Like it is all selecting servers. There are very limited Australian servers and there are issues with the PC Xbox version, like using the PC Game Pass uh, app um, that uh, you could, there are clearly servers that are not full and you click on it to enter and the game says game full or game no longer exists and you refresh it and there it is again, still not full. So um, it is a roll of the dice. I reckon uh, it's like a it's like a 5% chance you can get in, into a game at any given point. Um, but when you do get into it, it's really fun, which is why we've been persisting. I even messaged my mates tonight. I'm like, shall we try hell at least again? <laughs> like let's, because if we can get in, um, then it's, it's, it's really fun. It is like a, it's pretty tough as nails, honestly. Like there are, it does very little to communicate to what's happening in any given match. You know, it's it's up to fifty versus fifty. Um, in my first few games, died plenty of times. Had no idea what happened. Um, you know, you're very steadily, slowly proning, crawling, peeping around corners, watching the the horizon, looking for enemy movement. Um, you know, it's it's class based as well, so you'll get certain equipment and weapons depending on on your class. Officers have like binoculars, so they can go and like point out things. They they set respawn points as well over the map for your squad as well. Um, and so communicating is is vitally important. Um, yeah, when it's working, it's really fun, which is why we've been persisting. But I've, I'd find it very hard to recommend now until until they fix it. I've heard the matches are like an hour and a half long. Uh, it's up to that, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, ours have probably been like half hour, forty minutes. Sure, it depends tops. how badly someone's getting stomped as well. Yeah, like bat yeah. battlefield kind of vibes, or yeah, similar. Like it's it's not the the most similar mode, like first person first person shooter multiplayer mode you could compare it to is conquest, right. but it's not exactly that because um, you are you earn so imagine the 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 game map is divided up into I think it's like maybe eight by eight squares it's like a grid right um and then 
or maybe four, I'll, I'll, I'll say five by five because there are like usually five capture points in one of the um, the game modes warfare and you capture a point by uh, either holding that sort of um, that capture point in like a circle that's it like a like a 50 meter in a 50 meter radius um, and you earn more points if you're in that circle but you can still capture it if you're along like the vertical or horizontal grid, depending on where the, the capture points are scattered, right. um, but just more slowly. So you can still capture it um, as long as you're in that in that section, um, just not as fast as if you were closer to the objective. Um, and yeah, so you're, it's a constant battle of, of pushing the enemy um, uh, back further by capturing those points. Um, and it, it's more important that you set up spawns around the capture point than in it, because once you're in it, it's like shooting fish in a barrel um so yeah it's it's like really tactical and really fun and you have to you, th you you're thinking a lot differently than any other shooter that i've played um i mostly stick to, to halo so um it's a completely different vibe and and speed as well so which is why i think i've been i've been enjoying it um but i just find it very hard to recommend right now it's it's barely working on on the pc game pass version damn it sounds like the kind of game i'd love to play but like yeah i'm not taking the risk if i can't yeah Give it matches. a little bit. I, I have also yeah, heard I'll let that. You, yeah, I'll, I'll probably yeah. just keep checking in on it. And if it comes good, I'll, I'll let you know. I have also heard that some of the PC players have been looking uh, at people's IDs. And if you had a Game Pass ID, they would just ban you from servers immediately, uh, which is the, <laughs> the most PC player thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Uh, they just don't want to deal with scrubs. Um, That's rough. But I'm uh, enjoying it to the, to the extent that, like, I've started looking at, like, beginner's guides on YouTube. Right. Like, I want yeah. to get... That's always a good this sign. game. You want to get good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, next on my list will be uh, Enslaved and uh, the Cuphead DLC. Like oh, one of my favorite DLC. games. The Cup. Right. Yeah. And I haven't played the DLC. It's been sitting. I bought it the day it launched, and I just never got around to it. So yeah, those two are next on the list. I loved Cuphead so much. It was such a satisfying completion. I'm so glad I. Yeah. basically dragged you through kicking and screaming to get it yes done. i did yeah the, the, the <laughs> dlc helped a lot but yes i definitely uh i'm definitely i'm so glad that i got that done last year yeah that was my game of the year 2017 um i got s yeah. rank on every mission um just just yeah nose to the grindstone on on making wow. on just yeah getting good at that game loved it yeah. the only thing that could make that game better for me is having online co-op right mm. yeah I wonder what wonder when the next game will be. Like Cuphead took yeah. a while, and even the while. DLC yeah. took a while. Yeah, but um... I I'm hoping that whatever tech they're using for the TV show on Netflix, like that hybrid kind of mm -hmm. uh, thing, like speeds up the process to whatever they are making. Yeah, uh, because they've been able to like I think there's like four seasons of Cuphead. Oh, oh right. on Netflix now. They're, they're like, quite, yeah. quite short episodes though, but yeah, yeah, cool. Um. Okay, I have a huge list of games, so I will I will do some, and then we'll do Cameron's, and then we'll do the back to mine because I have been doing yeah. nothing but gaming over the holidays. It's been I'm, insane. I'm very interested to see some, like your opinions on some of these. Do we okay. actually? Can we start with the ones that were in the game of the year list for us for 2023? Yes, that we were going to play in. Yeah, um, I wish I remembered everything on the list, but... Uh... I've, I've got the list. Um, okay, so yes. do you want to start with Chicory? Yes, so Chicory. Yes, so this was uh, Char's huge recommendation. Uh, they absolutely love this game. Um, I I really enjoyed it. It was it was a really... It's a really well-made, nice game. 
I can understand why people love it so much. It has a real charm to it that you just don't see in games like that, especially ones that are like ones that aren't like indie games that no one's ever heard of. If I'm being, I'm being a little bit reductive, but it's it's a chicory was the kind of game that you know I think it ended up on like Giant Bomb's Game of the Year list or whatever, like at number one for that year or whatever. So it's that kind of game that has like prestige outside of what you would expect for a game of that kind of size. I really enjoyed it. Um, I like the art style stuff. Um, it's the the kind of game that it is though is very much a do things for fun kind of thing where it's like, yeah, paint the like it's like, yeah, you you can get as creative as you want with it, where it's like, okay, you've walked into a screen, there's a river, there's a bridge, there's some trees and some plants. You can go around and like paint all the bits of fur, or you could just put the paint bucket on and just paint everything a single color if you want. Or you could just not paint it at all. I mean, there is a gameplay incentive to paint it so you can move faster, but that's pretty much it. Um, and I think that was the one thing where it's like I didn't, I didn't engage with the painting mechanics as much as the game probably wanted me to because I didn't really see the point. Probably doesn't help that I'm colorblind and not super artistic, and that doesn't really—that's not really my kind of thing. Um, but I enjoyed the story. The story was actually surprisingly good. Like I was—I was thought it was going to be relatively light but it actually has quite a lot of like some actually quite like adult themes and interesting questions and and the characters are great and but it's also still very cute and interesting it has i don't i don't want to be reductive and say that it has that undertale vibe of like a you know cute exterior with some some dark undertones but it it definitely leans into some of that uh probably a bit more on the cute side but yeah I, i really enjoyed it what i didn't enjoy was two of the achievements not unlocking so i had to do a bit of a replay which was annoying um, it definitely has some 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 buggy achievement problems, uh, but thankfully the achievements I missed were the very first one it didn't give me, so that was easy to do. And then getting like twenty five percent of the clothes, which took me like another two hours to go back and do, so it wasn't too bad. But yeah, overall, like a really good game. Um, and just yeah, there were a lot of moments where I was like, oh, that's really sweet, or that's very cute, or the 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 idea of the idea of whenever you have. Like if you can't solve a puzzle or you don't know what to do next, you, you literally go to a phone booth and call your mother up and she's on the phone and she gives you like some hints and then you can just see your dad's hand trying to reach for the receiver to steal the phone off because he wants to talk to you. And if you if if her advice is not helpful enough, you can talk to him and he will give you the answer to whatever the puzzle you're stuck on is. And it's just like thematically, it's really, really like sweet and cute. And, and it's, it's, it's a really nice game, but it also kind of touches on themes of like, growing up and understanding like what your you know like what your purpose in life is or like kind of you know like some actual, like themes that were beyond what i expected to see but um but yeah it was really really good well, can i ask about what is it about it that makes it so revered like why is it topping game of the year list do you think i, I think part of it is the aesthetic um it's it, it's it's a it's a beautiful game and it is very much like a blank it literally is a blank canvas right like the game is in black and white and you can paint it's a paint by numbers you know you can go in and paint whatever you want you can use different brush styles. Like it is very much like a make your own art kind of game. You can make the game as beautiful or as monotone as you want. Um, and then I think the like the puzzle aspects are actually quite good. It's actually like it has that kind of there's no like combat in the game, um, but it is very much that kind of that puzzle solving. It's around like you get an ability to uh, where you paint is glow in the dark, so you can basically paint lines or, or try and figure out like okay, I'm in a dark dark cave. I need to basically draw my way out of this cave to figure out where I need to go. 
or you have an ability that like blows up walls. Like again, it has like very much like Zelda-esque. I think it harkens back to that, like, hey, go into a dungeon, then go to four different locations and solve puzzles, like climbing puzzles or or like block puzzles and that kind of stuff. And it has a very like retro aesthetic to it that I think people really, really enjoy. And then is there's kind of this kind of like like this, those kind of more mature undertones and kind of interesting stuff going on. Um yeah, it's it's I don't think it's quite like the chart topping like amazing game everyone needs to play. Um but I definitely feel like it's it's a, it's an experience that's maybe um, more than the sum of its parts, if that makes sense. Um what else was on the list, Cameron? Uh, the only other one I can see on yours that was on our game of the year list was like a Dragon Guide and the Man Who Erased His Aim. Which I also played. Uh, and this game is great. Uh, I Okay, so for, for context, I the only Yakuza game I played was the very original one. I played a little bit of on the PlayStation 2. So a very long time ago. So I was going into this basically blind. I, I had an idea. People have waxed lyrical about how great the Yakuza series is in terms of hmm. how it manages to match it, uh, like to, to whiplash between tones, but also without getting so ridiculous that you stop believing in the world in a way that's really, really good. Um, you haven't played <clears throat> Like a Dragon with the baby scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think this is a really good game. And I think, like you said, Cameron, it, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, it is a really good, like, microcosm of taking what would normally be, like, a 100-hour game and putting it into, like, a 20 to 30-hour game and being, like, yeah, let's, like, take some of these good bits of this game and just, like, make, like, a smaller, more condensed, more like, crystallized version of it. This was originally meant to be a DLC. Yeah, right. Like it has, it's like an expanded DLC, which I think works really well for this. I was already kind of sick of the game about two thirds of the way through it, though. And I think, like, I say sick of it, I mean, like the mechanics. Because I think, while I think I was really interested in the story and I like doing like the side quest stuff, doing like, hey, do all these pocket races, also fight like a million guys in the Coliseum over and over and over again to level up a team of dudes for no real reason other than just to do it. Um, and then like do this like hostess thing that doesn't really, like whatever. Like I understand like but the game is, yeah. The host, I want to quickly, the hostess thing is weird because usually they animate that in. Yeah. Apparently because of the time restraints, They've went full FMV. The FMV stuff is, is very strange and uncomfortable. It's it's very strange and uncomfortable. And I'm just like, the fact that I've played these other games and then being animated in that is like completely fine to me. But then as soon as you put somebody in like a real like situation as an actress and all that, it just seems very I mean hostess clubs do exist. It's, they didn't know, just come up with the concept, right? Um, it is very funny though to see them doing stuff and like you can see the ring light reflection in their eyes because they're obviously just recording this in front of a computer or whatever. It's very strange. Um, but I love the story. Um, I I know quite a bit about the Yakuza back lore in terms of like, so I have some understanding of who some of the characters are and that kind of stuff. Hmm. I won't spoil anything. Uh, but if you played Like a Dragon, you'll understand because obviously those games tie in together. Um, yeah, I think this game is really, really good. I love the combat. Um, I love the story. I, I do like the side stuff. Um, and I like the camaraderie that you get with the characters and, and like understanding that culture. Um, 
But like, even though this was a shortened version, I feel like it could have been shortened even more, to be honest. Like, I didn't need to fight in the arena a hundred times. If I asked you if the, I guess the minigame component of it was like very much a you play one minigame, get the achievement, and then get out of there. Like, I honestly think it would be like a near perfect game. Yeah, I think so too. If it was, if it was story and combat. Yeah, I think that. I think that. Yeah, if it was like, hey, do each of the fights once, and that was pretty much it, and I'd be like, okay, cool. But the fact that it was like, hey, if you want to do the S rank fight, you need to basically have a level twenty team of your guys. So you need to do like the team fight like twenty times because you get a level roughly per every time you do it. You need to make sure you have enough money to buy equipment and stuff. And it just turned into like such a grind that I was like, I don't. There's so much good stuff here. And part of it is that like it's my completionist thing of like kind of ruining this game. But I've always been a thing of like, don't put something in a game that requires a grind if you don't have enough runway for people to do stuff. Like if you get to this, like, hey, you need to fight the secret boss. And it's like, but by the time you do everything else in the game, you should be about ready to do that with maybe a little bit of grinding in there somewhere. Maybe. But if it's like, hey, you get to, you've done all the content in the game and you're like halfway to where you need to do the extra, the super secret final boss. So guess what? You just fight the hardest fight over and over again to get enough experience. There's no challenge to it. There's no changing. Mm. It's just a grind. Like I've always hated that kind of game design. And unfortunately, like this still has a lot of that. Like the Coliseum is where I spent like a good, I'm trying to think how long did I spend in this game? Like one, one third is probably right. Like yeah, because I, I spent twenty seven hours of that, and probably that like that like roughly close to ten hours of that was doing Colosseum fights, um, which is a real shame because I, like the, the story is like so ridiculous and amazing and just I, I, like I find it so interesting because we've gone like I've gone from playing the longer games and you've gone from like play like not playing them before and it's such yeah. a like we can agree that the story and the combat and all that like. The main core of this game is fantastic. It's just yeah. the extras that drag it down, essentially. Yeah. Which is weird, because if you weren't an achievement hunter, you wouldn't worry about that kind of stuff. You'd just play the story for that. Maybe, but I also kind of like, you know, like the the, the like the secret boss, like the the, the super difficult secret oh, boss right yeah. at the end of this, right? Like, you can't do that until you've done everything else. Um, but would a normal person go out of their way? But I'm also, like, it? even before achievements, I wasn't a normal person, right? I was the kind of person who would do 100% in GTA and spend heaps of hours on that, right? And yeah. I feel like I still, ha- I still, I was always a completionist. Achievements just made it easier to track. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, I get what you mean. Um, but I still think it was, a, like, a really, really good release. But I don't know if I'm, like, I might play Like a Dragon, but I don't know if I'm going to go back and play the older ones. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, it's never, never the one ever. that's coming up. Uh, oh, Infinite Wealth is also coming up as well, which I'm interested yeah. in. Interested in, yeah. Um, next month? Yeah, I think so, February. This month. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, Karen, do you want to talk about a couple of your games? Uh, I'll quickly touch base on... Oh, well, I'll, I'll go for our Game of the Year winner, Alan Wake yeah. 2. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I restarted because I had one glitch achievement, um, played through the entire game going through saga stuff first and then alan stuff hands down one of the best games i've ever played like definitely in my top five wow that's um, awesome yeah remedy feel like like we we did a whole spoiler cast on it and we just went completely all over the place because yeah. there's just so it was, much it was massively unpack. unstructured in a way that i don't think is super <laughs> great to listen to to be honest but i think it is also kind of indicative of a kind of how that game is but, like, I feel Remedy have got a down pack of, like, 
I I love games with FMV, whether it be um, what's the Top Gear spinoff? Uh, um, uh, Grand Tour. Grand Tour, like the Grand Tour game where they did like the TV component and then you did a race. Um, I love stuff like Quantum Break where you had like the TV show and then you went and played the mission. I've loved stuff like Age of Empires 4 where prior to the missions, they do a really like clever, like they have the modern day, this is where this battle occurred and then have drawings over that. I love that aspect of um, incorporating that into game design and having like multimedia. Alan Wake 2 has like perfectly blended it and I would be very challenged to come up with a better level than We Sing. Like yeah. We 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 Sing yeah. is the best level I've ever played hands down. And yeah, don't yeah, don't get too because obviously spoilers, but Yep. Um but I will say that it blends it blends game design with music. And it's just perfection. Yeah, there's some. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited to see the DLCs. I'm very excited. To, like, if you weren't a Remedy fan before this, um, to to me that like entire mission just sells me on the rest of the universe. Like, I need to know what happens. Um. Other than that, uh, I I don't think there's really much else other than to say. Um, like I really hope that um the minor problems with some of the combat and all that addressed in like future games. But I, I don't know whether they'll do like an Alan Wake 3 or like. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, well, I guess we'll, we'll look out for control two and see what happens. Yeah. Um, other one I wanted to quickly mention was risk of rain two. I went back to do the DLC, which is essentially like a 50 wave uh, kind of component. This game is still as fantastic as the, like it's still, I've been lucky. I've I've played a game that's now in my top five, and I've gone back to a game that is my top five, with um, which I thought I was done with. They added the one achievement, uh, did the fifty wave mode by myself. Unfortunately, I couldn't find anybody else that was willing to do it. Um, but man, it's just it's such a well designed roguelite, um, to the point of like getting to wave forty five to fifty. I was surprised that the game was. Like, I, I was surprised I didn't have a crash. Wow. The amount of chaos that happens in those later stage waves is just absolutely, in, like, insane to the point that the first run I did, wave 38, I was like, yep, absolutely blitzing it out of nowhere, just split second, dead. Right. And I was like, all right, cool, that's like an hour and a half wasted. Let's go again. Like, it's just one of those games of, like, one more run. Just one more run. Um but yeah, like th those are the main two. Do you want me to keep going, or do you want to? Uh, yeah, I can. I'll talk about a couple. Um, yep. Just looking at my list here. Uh, I played Robocop Rogue City. This game is fucking great. It's so good. I, I played a little bit. I it's, I loved it. <laughs> it's real fucking dumb. Um, it's it's uh, it's Robocop two point five. Like it's it's great. It it takes a lot of the things that they learned from doing their Terminator game and kind of improves them. So it has like a leveling system. It has a conversation tree system. You get like perks and stuff. There's like a lot of side missions. This is like small, small-ish open world areas that you kind of want. Like you go to downtown and you do missions and you kind of come back to that every few missions or so to do a few more kind of wandering around missions to do side stuff and collecting like collectibles and stuff to get experience. It's, 
it's super straightforward. It's like, hey, you know, you walk into a room, someone says, oh shit, it's Robocop. And then they start shooting at you and you just go, your move, creep. And you just start blowing them away with a fucking automated handgun. And that's pr- that's the game, right? And it's like, hey, I'm, I, you get mods to make your handgun, like, you know, do more damage or have like a fully automatic mode or um, ricochet off of like walls to hit people behind cover and stuff. Like it's super empowering, fa- like fantasy, like enablement. It's amazing. Hits all the beats. Has all like if if you love if you like Robocop at all, and I actually happened to watch Robocop on um on New Year's on, on New Year's Eve. We I was watching like um yeah like eighties and nineties movies, so I watched um watched Terminator and I watched Robocop uh, and Starship Troopers. Um, I love Starship Troopers. Great movies. Um, and I was like, yeah, everything everything from the movie is in this. You know, like all the lines, um, all all the jokes. I'd buy that for a dollar, like everything. Like they, they understand Robocop so, so well. Um, there's even a reference to the bitches leave line from the first movie, which is so funny to me. They just, I, yeah, it's is unapolog- unapologetically Robocop. Like they, they nailed it. Um, I saw a clip of it on Twitter and it looks stunning. Yeah, it actually, like, yeah, like actually, you know, like, like it's not like for like a double A game. They've mm. really done a lot of work. The, the like the voice acting and kind of some of the, like the, the character models are maybe a little bit on the the squiffy side, but like that's the kind of stuff that you could forgive for a game like this. Like I feel like they they got the Robocop ness down. Like they understand how like the old Detroit worked. And even watching the movie, I was like, hey, that sh- like that that shot of the police station with the with the police car pulling up is basically one to one. And the police station inside is almost like modeled directly after how it would be in the movie. So they, they obviously had some real love and care that went into this game. Um, the station, like, yeah, was looked incredible. I I love this game because it's very much like, you know, a PS2 era, like yeah. PS2 era kind of game with updated graphics of like, it just, it knows what it is. It's simple. It's fucking fun to play. Yeah. Uh, and it's straight to the point. Yeah. Um, and it, it does, it look, I guess my only kind of issue with the game is that the story is kind of, whatever like it's 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 the same thing that they retreated robocop one and two which was like hey is he a man is he a machine how does he feel about his family how does he feel about himself and you're like it's like bro we did two movies of this already like you don't have to like a better like what what story do you tell us robocop it's not supposed to be massively complex um how did you find the citizen uh complaints i mean like the, the line in the playstation yeah it's funny it's like <laughs> again like there's so many good jokes in it um yeah. It's, it's yeah I, I like people people need to play this i think and it, it's also like like longer than i thought it'd be there's more to it i thought it was going to be like a like a eight hour like run through no problem but it's like 15 like hours like, kind of yeah thing, yeah. yeah like it's actually like got some actual like solid amount of content to it um and they're going to be adding like a new game plus mode and a couple other bits and pieces as it goes forward as well which is great apparently it's their best selling game that they've ever done so um so glad to hear that it's not something you would expect out of like Nancon publishing. Not, re- I, I guess not, but I don't know. Because I mean, like Terminator was because like, they re-released Terminator as well, right? I think they did like a a, a current gen port. Resistance. Right? Yes, I think so. Yeah, Resistance. Yeah, Terminator Resistance. I think they they yeah. re-brought it out. I don't know if they did it for Xbox, but um, interesting. Terminator is also fantastic. Yeah, Terminator Resistance Complete Edition they brought out, which came okay. out uh, last year as well in October. 
Um, what else? Okay, I'll, I'll quickly. Cause I sorry, I have a lot more to go through. Um, uh, did Sherlock Holmes: The Awakened? That was fine. Nothing amazing about that. Um, I played Under the Waves, which was that kind of. I think they showed it off. It might have been at Summer Games Fest. It was kind of like they're oh, this is like psychological thing about a guy who's um, who's basically living uh, in a like submersible house uh, under like under a drilling facility off off the coast of I think like Denmark or something. Uh, made by Quantic Dream, the guys who do the real hack um, story games. Uh, it's okay. Um, it's kind of like there. It's kind of like the deeper than it's supposed to be. Like you know, thinks it's kind of a little bit deeper than it is. Um, it definitely has some some stuff around the voice acting and the models are kind of weird. There's a thing where it's like the guy is in his wetsuit the entire game, so even when he goes to bed, he just lies down in the wetsuit, or he gets in the shower in the wetsuit, never takes off his like. He, ne he never takes off his um his beanie either. They just because they just never did another model for it. It's that kind of thing where you're just like, okay. Um, but it has a thing where you like you, you go around in like a little submersible thing and you discover stuff and clean up oil leaks and collect things and kind of do these little story missions and go and do puzzles and stuff like that. It's quite like it's not like super complex. Um, and I was kind of hoping for maybe a little bit more on the psychological element, but it's okay. Um I want to hear what you think about Chance of uh, Sanaa. Okay, yeah. Because I've heard really good things. Chance of Sanaa probably would have ended up my game of the year list if I had played it last year. Um, this game is incredible. So for those who don't know, Chance of Sanaa uh, is basically you start, you wake up in a tomb, um, completely no idea where you are. As you kind of walk out, you kind of slowly discover that um, everyone around you speaks a completely different language to you. They speak in like glyphs, and those glyphs mean nothing to you. And you have not, you're armed with nothing but a book and a pencil. Uh, and you basically go through and try and figure out what the fuck people are trying to tell you. And you do that by someone says something, a, a glyph comes up, and then there's another couple of glyphs and another couple of glyphs. And each time you see a new glyph, it gets added to your book, and you can go to that glyph and say, I think this means this, and you type it in there. So then, now whenever that glyph shows up, your your thinking of what it might be will, will then kind of be underneath it. So you can see, okay, so like uh, this isn't much of a spoiler because it's like the first puzzle, but someone like there's someone across a channel from you, um, and it's kind of there's kind of like a there's like a, like locks to basically drop and raise and drop water levels. So you have to kind of work together. Um, and one of the first things you see is a lever with two lever that's up. And it has one symbol where on the up symbol and then one symbol on the, the bottom. And so the first thing you think of is like, okay, maybe that means up and down. Maybe that means open or close. Maybe it means lock or unlock. I'm not quite sure. And so you kind of like, that's kind of your first clue. And then like you speak to someone and like they say they have a glyph and then they say something and you kind of like, you get like one part of the sentence and you're kind of trying to figure out like from context clues what they're asking you. And so I figured out quite early, I was like, oh, a lot of people are saying this first thing. That probably just means like, hello. So I'm like, so that, like, I could probably, like, I'm going to guess that's maybe hello. And so once you've seen every part of a glyph and the game basically says, hey, you've seen enough context clues. You've seen all the clues for this thing. I'm going to, there's a bunch of drawings in the book and you need to match the symbol with the drawing of what it represents. And if you get, if you get all of them right on like a two page spread, then it locks in what the meanings are. 
So the very first one is like, hello, open or close was the three ones that I wasn't sure about. But I figured out like, okay, this one I definitely means open or unlock. I'm pretty sure. So I'm going to put it here. And eventually once you get them, it reveals to you what it means. And you realize that you're in the Tower of Babel, which uh, for, for your um, theology nerds out there, basically is a tower that basically where God basically, everyone spoke the same language. God basically made it so that they could, they couldn't understand each other. So they couldn't work together to basically build a tower to rival God, et cetera, et cetera. It's the whole thing. So the whole thing is that there are a bunch of levels of this tower and every single level speaks a different language. So you need to basically solve all the puzzles on your level, learn the language, solve the puzzles, find your way to the next level. But when you get to the next level, you need to do it all over again because you don't know what they're saying. Um, and there'll be some things that have like clues of like, hey, this probably means this. This means this, this means this. Um, and you kind of realize there's like a hierarchy of like what people are. And each of the different places have different cultures. They have different ways of saying things. They're different like language structures. So there was one, and again, this is a minor spoiler. But there was one I saw where in the second level, before most things, I was seeing like a, a like a kind of like a, an L-shaped line. Well, kind of like a like a like a Z, like a like an N slash Z kind of thing in front of a lot of stuff. And I was like, what does that mean? Because I'm like, I'm not, it doesn't really, it seems to be in front of a lot of stuff. So it doesn't seem to be a thing on its own. Um, and I realized that it meant plural. So it meant that instead of instead of being like in the in the previous level, it was basically plural was the same symbol twice. So if you wanted to say pot, it would just be one. If you wanted to say uh, pottery or pots, it would be the same symbol twice. Whereas the second level, it was this symbol, then whatever it is, is now you basically create the, like, is, instead of it being you, it is now us, basically, if those symbols are together. It's it's so clever in a way that I've never seen a video game do this before. Where all the puzzle solving happens, like, in your brain, and, like, you sit there and you go over conversations and you speak with people and you go, okay, I thought this meant help. They were asking for help. But I spoke to someone else and the sentence that I understood the other words in the sentence, but help didn't make sense in that sentence. So I've actually probably gotten that wrong. So I need to go back to that original conversation maybe and try and figure out what maybe else they could be talking about. And what it turned out to be was something completely different, which was really obvious. But I thought I was being smart and was like, oh, that means help because someone's 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 in distress. So I thought I thought they were saying help, help. But they're actually saying something else, something else, um, which made things much, much clearer. Um, the last thing I'll say on it is that there is also an element of translation where sometimes you'll get the two, the two, um, faction or the two different factions talking to each other. And they basically say, Hey, this is like, once you've learned all the languages, it can say, Hey, this is what I'm trying to say. Can you translate this into their structure with their like, and it's like, okay, it's like, okay, you're saying this, but you say this thing first when normally you say it at the end. So it's like, you kind of have to like understand it's like a real, again, it's like, it's not like real languages, right? But it has like a, like almost like Duolingo style of like understanding stuff and be like, yeah, I fucking, I can understand how to put these things together. I can make the sentence work. I was going to say like, how dissimilar to uh, like, is this to like learning a new language? It, I mean, it's it's very basic. Like it's, it basically is like a word, one word per symbol. Yeah. But but there are elements but like of, that, the, the structure of like learning a language. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because like like there, there is one, like one of the levels has like oh actually we say we 
we say the thing that we're talking about and then we say the thing about it instead of saying the thing about it and then the thing we're talking about basically so it's like so basically whenever you're translating it's like okay i need to take the subject and move it to the very front put a comma and then yeah anyway it's there's only one like this is one of those like like in the same way that like i loved cocoon last year and was like this game makes me feel like a fucking genius this game is like on that level of like this is so well designed and clever that like it's I only got stuck on one puzzle and I had to look up a my like half a solution for it because I, I half figured it out, but I realized I was missing a piece of something. Um, everything else I solved on my own. And like I bashed my head against some stuff and I got some con- I got confused on some things. Um but yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I think everyone should absolutely play this game. I just added to my wish list. It sounds yeah. like one that I could probably sit down with my partner and like we'll just figure out stuff together. Yeah. And it's also not super long either. Like I finished it in like eight hours. So like yeah, it's sweet. Yeah, it's not not overly so thirty bucks. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely worth picking up. Um, I will just quickly touch on. I played Close to the Sun. That was in Game Pass. Um, that's essentially like a walking simulator. Um, it's basically like I, I kind of the, the joke I made in the Discord was that it's uh, hey, I want to play a Bioshock. We have Bioshock at home. This is but yeah, like where it's like, hey, it's 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 Tesla's amazing ship where he gathers all the smartest people in the world, but it's on a boat but it all looks like 1950s art deco. And it's like, yeah, I played I played Bioshock 2. It's really good. Um, so it's essentially like a walking simulator. There's no combat. Essentially, you go around and walk from place to place, solve some minor puzzles, and occasionally run away from someone trying to kill you. Um, yeah, it's it took me like three, took me like three and a half hours. Um, if you really want to, there are console commands. If you plug in a, if you plug in a, um, a keyboard, you can skip right to the end of the game. I, and get I, I think they've... Uh, I think somebody found a collectible console. Oh, okay, yeah, again, well. like, Sorry, it's, yes. like I, I think it's yes. worth playing through, like maybe doing like a playthrough and just like playing through it yeah. once and then just doing that for the no death and speedrun achievements because it's not really worth playing through more than once, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, kind of in a similar vein, uh, I played The Invincible, um, which I think <laughs> it's an interesting game. Um, it, it, I, th- I think they showed, I can't remember where they showed it off, but I remember they showed a bit of a trailer for it and it was like, oh, okay, interesting, kind of like a puzzle solving. This is 11-bit, right? I'm pretty um, sure it's from the same guys that did Frostpunk. Is it really? Oh, it is 11-bit. 11-bit published it, yeah. Oh, okay. They might have published it in somebody else. Maybe. Yes. So I think this is a Star Wars only game that they've done, or at least on the Xbox game. Um, this game is this game is Firewatch, but in space. Like, 100%. Like, you have, like, you have the same animation of climbing up and climbing down, like, the ledge thing that you do, and, you know, where you put the legs over and you drop down. Um and then like the thing where you like look at things and then like you talk to someone on the radio about the thing that you see and then you look down to the book to see the map. Like it's it is a hundred percent that. Um it definitely has like it's based on a novel, so there's more of a like a narrative hook, whereas like Firewatch was more like kind of like a you know, relatively chill with some interesting thriller mystery elements. This is like, hey, I'm I have amnesia on a alien planet. I need to figure out what the fuck is going on, what happened to my team and like mm kind of go like go, like more more of like a journey kind of thing where it's like instead of exploring the same place over and over again you're like hey i need to get to i need to get out of here i need to like yeah. this like yeah um see like i originally pictured this up because it was like 1960s sci-fi story yeah that seemed like re- like yeah based on 1960s sci-fi novel um like it seemed really interesting it, it, and it is. I think it is. Um, I think the narrative is kind of like it's cool. It it has that nineteen sixties space retrofuturism thing. Like they nailed it. Like the it's it, like hard to explain, but you'll you'll know it when you see it. Um, 
the, the kind of thing that you kind of saw in a little bit like in death loop and that kind of stuff where like it's a little beyond art deco and that kind of like 60s style okay. of like yeah it's like hey this is what this is what a spaceship would look like i think or this is what a robot would look like in 1960s fiction like sci-fi fiction this is what our space helmets would be like kind of like kind of bobular and and like the laser guns would look like ray guns with a little circle thing with a little radar dish on it and stuff like it's like classic like that classic kind of like almost like before star trek kind of thing like pre Star Trek kind of like space travel, like um, Barbarella kind of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it was good. It, it it's it's a slow game. Like this is not a like there's not really any combat or anything. Like it's just kind of like go around look at stuff. There's definitely some like like it's quite tense and it's quite like psychological and there's kind of like interesting science stuff happening. Um, they are adding like a, a chapter select to it. I think like they just added it to PC. They haven't brought it to console yet. I would advise waiting to play it until that's in because replaying the whole thing for the other endings is kind of a pain. So being able to like chapter select makes that a little would make that a little bit easier. But I just went through and did it. Uh, it took me about thirteen hours to do two playthroughs. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, it but it is not super like gripping or interesting. It's like it's quite a like it's quite methodical. Okay. It's it it's walking sim, so it's like you know it's yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else on here? Um, Cameron, do you want to talk a, bit, a couple more about yours? I got maybe two. Uh, more. Yeah, so Wreckfest, not really much else to say about that. Done it uh, before on console. This time I just did it on PC. Um, still, they don't make demolition derby games anymore, and yeah. it's a shame uh, because Wreckfest is a ton of fun. Uh, other than that, I've been playing the finals, which is oh, yeah. really refreshing for an FPS. The only downside I'm finding for it is not achievement hunting friendly. There is like some really, really grindy achievements. Actually, you know, this might be a thousand hour game, kind of right, think. right. Um, but the it's from X Dice Devs, it's very destructible environment in nature to a point of. This should be the standard moving forward. Um, there's like three different types of characters you can play. Like you can play as a light, mid, or a heavy. And they've all got like they're like heavy can just tackle through buildings kind of stuff. Um, light's very nimble, uh, has lower health, but you know, deals with like SMG kind of combat. Essentially, it's a like Vegas game show kind of concept where you're in a VR realm just playing this game mode, uh, going in, rubbing, rubbing an ATM, um, essentially getting two, getting like 20,000 from the ATM. One bank is like 10K and just rinse and repeat. So it's essentially one game burned at the moment, but like I'm really interested to see what they do with it in the future. It sounds kind um, of like kind of how they did like Monday Night Combat that kind of thing where it's yeah kind of like yeah similar vein um the only downside for it is they've used ai voicing to yeah uh which yeah it doesn't really like they're arguing that you know because it's going to be a live service kind of game they need to update it over time and that kind of thing i still feel like like if you've got the bucks to do live service you should be doing like iron voice actors yeah um, but yeah, and like it's highly enjoyable. It's a good shakeup for the FES uh, genre. The main thing I've been working on is the crew. I'm down to my very last three achievements. 
um, which one of them is meeting 2,000 people, which is actually 5,000 because I believe it was coded incorrectly. Um, I'm currently sitting at 81% for that. I, 81% is pretty good, though. Yeah, I, like I'm going to get this game done by March. Um, the other two I'm like, I will unlock tonight. It is a very enjoyable game. The, the, the racing is a little bit more floaty. Because, you know, 10 years ago, uh, like, obviously, they cleaned it up in the Crew 2 and Motorfest. Um, I would say typical kind of need for speed level story. Um, but, yeah, very, very racing MMO kind of grindy. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people, like, I'll, I'll use Jake, for example, that we've had on the podcast before, just got to, like, the end of December server issues and then has not been able to log on a single day since uh even though we started in december as soon as you heard about the server closure uh there's people that have purchased the game in the last year that are not able to access challenges at all um fortunately mine's fine but like there's no rhyme or reason as to why some people can't access the servers and some people can mm. like even um people logging to accounts in different regions um still don't have access like it's not a server-based issue on like uh location wise it's more of a just can't access the save for a particular person weird which is really weird um this is going to be like when the reigns of like as soon as this like I've, i'm counting down the days until this completion is done but it's going to be a big one yeah um and then i'm moving straight onto the crew too because i'm a madman other than that, uh, it's just going to be all racing games, all uh, next two maps, essentially. Braver man than I am. Uh, Don't worry, I'll pull your leg and you'll get elimination done. Yeah, one day. One, one day I'll get the eliminator <laughs> done. <sighs> um, That's pretty much where all I've been playing. Okay. Uh, last two games. Okay, so I, I will just mention, I've, I will talk more about these guys next week, but I started uh, Disco Elysium and I started Inscription. So I'm very excited to play those. Uh, I've heard nothing but amazing things about both those games. I was going to say a critically acclaimed. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I know I'm in for a treat, um, but I, those are going to. I need to put some time into. Yeah. Uh, the two things, that, the two other things that I really wanted to talk about were um, uh, Stray Gods, the role playing musical. Uh, this, oh boy, um, Australian Game of the Year, twenty twenty three. I was about to yeah. say, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I think conceptually, this is a fantastic game. I think the idea being that, you know, you're a muse and you can make people sing and that the musical element is part of the universe. Uh, and you can essentially, essentially like there's a murder and you're basically trying to solve it by getting people to sing their truth. I think it's great. Um, I think the game is way too short, unfortunately. And I think that's part of the problem is that when you have a game that's a musical, you can't just write dialogue, you got to write music. And so that limits how long the game can be. Because um, like, you could get through this game and maybe like, I mean, if you're doing like one playthrough, you probably get through the game in maybe two to three hours. Uh, may, maybe a little bit more, maybe closer to four. Um, but, you know, it, it has branching paths, sort of. Like you have like you have like four love interests, but the thing is because the game is so short, the love interests feel really kind of forced and weird. Um, 
I really like the characters. The world building is amazing. Um, I think I think this was David Gaynor, the guy who did um, uh, was it Bi it was Bioware originally. I think was was one of the one of the writers for the game, uh, and it shows like it's it's so like it's it's quite well written. It's the world is really really great. The kind of whole like mystery around like the gods and kind of where they come from and and who they are and what they remember and kind of their powers and all that kind of stuff is really interesting and their history. And a lot of the stuff that's kind of like hinted that that you kind of can dig into a little bit, but also like you're like, hey, there's a lot of unknown stuff here. Like also like we're missing a lot of gods. Like what happened to them? Um, it's really and then like the the conversation stuff and kind of how you can pick you kind of pick your abilities of like, hey, am I gonna am I like smart? Am I charming or am I strong or like forceful or like assertive? And kind of you use those as like conversation things and they unlock conversation options for you to go on different paths and kind of make friends or enemies with various gods um as you investigate this murder that you basically basically it's like hey you're the one who did this murder and you're like hey i'm gonna try and clear my name and they give you a week to do it my problems with the game is that the, the length is kind of it's too short um the there are some performance issues um, in terms of like, it doesn't run super well in some areas. It's kind of unoptimized. It's like there's, you get some like visual, um, like stuttering and, and desyncing and that kind of stuff. Um, this is like one area in particular where it just like slows down to like a 10 FPS for, for no reason. Mm -hmm. um, and I hate to say it, I love the voice act in this game. They've obviously like, this was their big selling point was they got like a all-star cast of voice actors, mm -hmm. right? Half of them can't fucking sing. Like I hate it, but they just like they're great voice actors, but like a lot of them just can't sing. Um, like Felicia Day does a good job, um, and uh, I'm trying to think who else is. Um, I think like um, uh, Persephone's okay. Like like again, it's like I don't, I don't want to be too down on it, right? Because I think it's a real interesting game and a real labor love. It, it has real, um, like, Wolf Among Us vibes, both in terms of, like, its art style, but also in terms of, like, its world building and kind of, like, the mystery and the... Like, again, there are a lot of similarities. Like, hey, you know, mythical creatures from storybooks, gods from Olympus um, have been brought into the modern world. Uh, but I just, yeah, like, the, the singing is probably the, is probably the roughest thing about it because it's so much of the game and it's not that great. The singing is like a lot of the singing is really flat, uh, especially like Pan's voice actor. Like he's he's like a really good voice actor. Like I've heard him in a lot of other stuff before. Uh, he's the guy who does like the voice of Cyborg and Teen Titans and that kind of stuff. He's really, really good. He cannot sing. He cannot hold a note. He's really, really flat. Um, and the, the, the mixing of the sound and the music of stuff is like really like not great. And also the songs, like there's a couple of okay songs, but like, Musicals live and die by how good their sort of musical numbers are, right? I mean, like, fucking the reason people love Hamilton isn't because of the historical stuff. It's because they fucking can't get the songs out of their head. Um, you know, everyone wants to sing, you know, in the room where it happened over and over and over again. And, like, this game just doesn't really have anything like that. Like, I couldn't name you a single song from this game, and I played it, like, two weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, I was like, and, all, and also the other biggest problem I had with it is that a bunch of achievements didn't unlock. So I did like nine playthroughs of this game, um, trying to get them all fixed up, which was really, really frustrating. Um, thankfully, you can skip you can skip all the dialogue by just mashing through it really quickly, but you can't skip any of the musical numbers. So you got to listen to the songs every single time. Um, yeah, I was, I was unfortunately like really, really disappointed with this. And I was, 
I saw like one review on Steam that kind of echoed my thing, but everyone else seems to love this game. So maybe it's just me. I like, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I'd be very curious to hear what other people have to say. Mm. Not a lot of people have played it on Xbox. I think it's, yeah, 488 people and 12 people have completed it. Me being, I think I was the 12th actually. So yeah, interested to see maybe some other people play it, give it a go, let me know what they think. Um, and then the last thing I just did was uh, Ghost Runner 2 because Cameron gave me such a fucking hard time about not doing the first one for three years after he bought well, me a copy. if somebody buys you a Christmas present and then you unwrap it three years later. Okay. So I so I decided I'd jump straight on Ghost Runner 2 because I, re- I love the original. The original was really fucking good. This game is, is good. It is good. It is different. They have changed some of it. It is... It's more accessible in a way that, like, for example, they added a block button. In the original game, if you got shot at, you either had to dodge or you had to swing your sword at just the right time to parry it. Otherwise, you were dead. This game is like, hey, they have a block button. You can block them, but if you block at the right time, then it does the parry. Um, they've slowed the game down quite a bit. Well, not quite a bit. They've, like, a decent amount. So, like, the enemies don't, like, shoot at you, like, like crazy super fast, so you don't have to be, like, quite as frenetic. Um... And they've added some, there's, I mean, it's in the fucking trailer. Like there's, there's a bit where you're on a motorcycle. So they've kind of added some like vehicle elements to it. They also have like an open, a slightly open world element. Like it's only one level. Well, there's like maybe like two or three levels where it's kind of like, yeah, there's some like motorcycle element stuff where it's like kind of open world and you go to different locations and kind of it's more like freeform. And I don't really think it works. So like, it's interesting that they did it, but I feel like the stuff in the tower that's like, more cyberpunk, more direct, like, hey, mm. it's like parkour, 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 grappling hook, wall run, jump, grappling hook, uh, throw a shuriken, grappling hook, uh, jump, etc. run, 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 and then get into an arena to fight a bunch of enemies and then do, keep, like, the loop was really, really good in the first game. And it's in this game as well, but I feel like the the extra elements they added on don't... I, yeah, I don't think it's as good as the first game. I still think it's a solid game, though. Um, and if you like the like, if you like the first game, I think you'll probably enjoy the second. But I think that they've changed enough of it to it feels a bit clunkier, a little bit like like a less less zippy. So you're like you're not quite as like you're not free running like quite as like ridiculously as you were before, like jumping across things and and there are, there are still elements of that. Like there's an ability that speeds you up by five percent every time you your combo goes up. So if you get like a twenty combo, you just like lying across levels and i was like okay this feels more like the original game um my only other real gripe against it is that it has a roguelite mode in it where you basically have to do like a bunch of challenges back to back to back to back uh, and you kind of get like upgrades per challenge that you do and you apply them um and you have to get to like level four of this you have to complete like four levels of this challenge thing to get like the last collectible for the last achievement um i was white knuckling it this afternoon i was like down to my, my last couple of lives on it um and i managed to get it but it was i had definitely had like five failed runs before that they were very very frustrating oh okay that's just about everything i've played i'm gonna leave it there i have like Baldur's get three in here as well but i will talk about that once i played more of it um it has been a busy busy three weeks i think looks... i think you and char need to just do a whole Baldur's gate free yeah i think that's probably stuff. what's gonna happen I, i'm i that game is so fucking good anyway i'm I, not i'm not touching that with a 10 point pole. Uh, oh, I will say one thing about Baldur's Gate 3. I did manage to completely break the game in a way um, that completely actually almost broke my Xbox. Um, in, in a way that I've only seen one other thing where um, I did a speedrun strat where essentially you can cheese the final boss 
by I, I think I did like a speed run of the game just to get like a, some of the, the achievements out of the way. Um, and I, there's a, a, stra- a strategy where you put a bunch of fireworks next to the boss and you just set them all off at once and the, the ensuing explosion will basically kill it in one hit. Every time I set off the, the fireworks, my Xbox would literally turn off. It li- didn't, didn't like freeze or like drop me to death. It would literally turn the Xbox off. And when I would get up to turn it back on, it's like, hey, your Xbox is overheated. Um, you should probably like ventilate it more. I would touch it. It wouldn't be hot. It would just like something in their code basically I think is trying to render too many fireworks going off at once breaks the entire fucking Xbox. Um, and I was, I did, I tried like 20 times. I could not figure it out. I figured out a trick where I was like, okay, if I do one firework at a time and just really slowly do it, it was fine. But doing, doing 60 of them at once apparently is the hard limit for the Series X. So, so, you know, that game really pushes it to the limit. Imagine what it would be like if you did it on a Series S. Yeah, no, the thing would burst into flames. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 it would become a toaster. Um, three uh, fireworks is the new crisis. Like... <laughs> that's exactly, yes, yes. <laughs> 100%. Can it run bombs get three fireworks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I'm, I'm loving that game anyway. But uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it in the coming weeks. Cool. Oh, okay. Um, Cameron, do you want to go through the leaderboards I'll, and the completions? I'll smash through the leaderboards. Thank you, because my throat is killing break. me. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we have MC Panda Gamers on 14,190. We have Martel 18 on 18,690. And we have Red 047 on 27,530. Good scores, guys. Uh, completion shout outs. We have Mikhail KV. We have Coffee Talk 2, Benedict Fox, and Genesis Noir. We have uh, L4D, pull, uh, L4D Pills here. With Mirror's Edge Catalyst. We have Stupid Doo with Dredge, which I recommended to him and he absolutely loved. Uh, Dude that writes long reviews, Black Ops Cold War, Professor Pluto Chorus, Firehawk with Dreamlight Valley, Left for Legacy with Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition, Anubis with Vember, Phoenix Frost with RE6, Just Jake with Chained Echoes, and Lord Mud with Remnant from the Ashes. Amazing. Some really good games on that completion list. Um, I know that uh, Alex, Professor Pluto, was really, really enjoyed Chorus, so we're trying to get him to get into... Um, I need uh, to get into it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely recommend it. Um, what's the other one that it, he was looking at? Was it Everspace? Everspace 2? Everspace 2? Yeah, Everspace 2, I think, was right. the one that, yeah. Um, all right. about Mirror's Edge Catalyst, and so I completely forgot that game exists. Yeah, I, I, I went back to it recently, and, God, the end of the game does not hold up. Yeah, no. completely falls apart. I, it was one of those I, games where everyone like everyone wanted it and then it didn't sell. You know, yeah. screaming, shout, "Give us a new Mirror's Edge!" And it happens, mean, and no one buys it. I, like it's it's a good game up to the final level, and everything just breaks. I, I think it's a good game. I don't think it's a great game. Um, I think that's the it's problem. a it's a it's a solid seven out of ten. Yep, solid. And, but then I think the first game was more of an eight. So I think that's part yeah. of the problem is that they kind of went backwards a little bit. Um, mm. All right, well, let's get into the word challenge, everyone's favorite competition that I'm bringing back for the new year, um, where basically, if you don't know, uh, I come up with a game and you have to go on our Discord and guess in the word challenge channel what the game name is. Uh, make sure you get it com- spelled completely right with capitals and everything. It's an exact match query that I put in the system in the back end, so uh, don't fuck it up. Um, and so if you guess it, uh, you win a code or you win some prize money, depending on if you want a code for the game or whatever it is. I mean, okay, we'll, we'll figure out the prize afterwards, depending on what your region is and all that kind of stuff. But every week I give a clue ranging from completely unhelpful to basically giving you the answer if you listen to the show live. So we're starting off a new a new year, new month. Uh, so I have a new game. 
clue for this week is this is a European developer. So uh, good luck. Uh, there's probably there's a few of them out. There's a few uh, few games from European developers out there. So um, be very curious okay. to see what kind of guesses we get in the in the channel. This is um, the first clue. This is the first clue. Yep. Okay, it's going to run all month. Uh, yeah, we'll run all month. So so clue two will be a little bit more helpful. Clue three will be a bit more. Clue four will basically give you the answer. Yeah. Um, so I'm very curious. I just I like I I like giving the first clue because that gives me an idea of like what people's headspace is. Because obviously I know what it is. So I'm like, well, this makes perfect sense. But when I say European developer, what do people think and what do they want to put in the chat? Uh, you get one guess per hour. Uh, if you guess it right, uh, a gift pops up and you win. Uh, if you guess the witness, a different gift pops up and you lose. Do not guess the fucking witness. <laughs> it's not the witness. It's never been the witness. We need a 2024 the witness. We need a new game this year to just yeah. change up the gifts. Um, but but seriously, I, it, it it is funny for me because anytime someone guesses the witness, I go in and change the gift. So anytime someone guesses it, it's a different gift telling you to fuck off. I um, I can't even remember where the witness started. I don't even remember either. I think it was just, I think it was someone just guessing it over and over again. I think, I can't like 10 it. times. In 10 like times. Days. It was like, if it wasn't right the first time. Anyway. And it's always, it's always an Xbox game, right? Like it's not always, but not always, not always, oh, okay. but usually but it will be dictated by the clues. Yes. Okay. I, I usually will. The second clue will usually be if it's on an Xbox game or not, or what console it is. But wasn't, wasn't there one that you did like was a game inside of a game once upon a time? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did really Vector Man. Fun um as because it was part of the the sega mega drive collection or whatever and it's like i think it's like vector man 2 or something just to be romantic about it. i was trying guessing alan wake everyone it's not alan wake i was so, alan wake yeah. all right well remedy is a developer is a european developer but hey it's a good guess um but uh yeah I, european developers that i know like techland cd project yeah hang on uk does that yeah you sure uk will count we'll have the uk okay. i guess yeah um it's not where he's thinking about. I mean, a bunch of Ubisoft devs. <laughs> yeah, Ubisoft is all Crytek. over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, like GSC Game World's the stalker dev. You're, yeah, actually, that's oh, yeah, true. Yeah. There's, a, I'll say, there's a lot of Eastern European devs out there. So um, it's all part of Europe. Uh, all right. Speaking of replaced. Hmm? What's that studio? Replaced. Uh, the Ukrainian studio, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's Ukrainian. I can't, I can't remember the name. Yeah, because they got I'm delayed. So excited for that to come out this year. Oh, I know. I'm, st- I'm, I'm hoping Fingers it's kind of like show, shows up again at the showcase and then drops like two weeks later. That'd be amazing. You know, it'd be nice sequel for uh, Hollow Knight. That'd be and really nice. Oh, yeah, Silk Song. Can we get a date this year? No. You reckon, you reckon it's this year? It was meant to be <laughs> no, 2023. <laughs> Every game they were talking about was coming out in the next year. Remember? Oh exactly. God! All right. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about our Patreon quickly. Uh, Patreon is basically a place where you can give us some money so we can afford to do the show. Uh, all the money goes straight back into uh, paying for things. I got the Zoom licensing coming up in February. That's very fucking expensive. Um, so uh, all your all your donations are hugely, hugely appreciated because it's like $280 a year. Um, so patreon.com slash all the gamers. Um, a huge thank you to uh, Lee Howard, Mikhail KB, Natalinator, Mad Lefty, Admiral Awesome, Happy Moogles, Kung Fu Skills, Hack and Pwn, Cavaliers 07, Old Mate Clown, Mark B, McLovin Legend, Mace J, Left for Legacy, and McNulty. Uh, we would not Mace be able to afford to do this. as uh, as he's been famously mispronounced as. Um, so, yeah, um, huge thank you to all of those. Uh, yes, Cameron? Yeah, quickly add on the Patreon content. So we've added quite a few different things, and we're planning to do some other stuff this year. So uh, Alan Wake 2... Starfield and our the Game Pass retrospective that we did for last year. So those are available now 
uh, for any tier on Patreon from $2 all the way up. So we don't get content behind how much you want to donate. Um, just if you want to support the show extra, that's great. If, if you can only give two bucks a month, that's totally fine too. Um, we don't want to get too restrictive about it. So all the episodes, I've also made all the episodes of Lights, Camera, and Action, our, um, our uh, video game movie review podcast, uh, are all available on there for free for everyone now because uh, we haven't done one in a while. And I want people to listen to them because uh, <laughs> I, I want because people to- Matt get... loves giving me a hard time about movies that I don't fucking watch. Yep, which is most of them. Um, yep. I also do the before the beginning and end parts of the show. I kind of stitch together into behind the scenes stuff that I usually chuck up on the Patreon as well. Um, so there's, we try to get some content up every week at least, and we're looking to do more of those spoiler casts. Uh, on the other side of it, if you if you you know just want to if you can't support the show, totally fine. Um, I will be bringing out those three spoiler casts or those three extra content uh, podcasts out at the end or I think the beginning of February. I think it is. I think it's like the second at this scheduled for. So if you want to listen to them now, go ahead, feel free, give us some cash. Otherwise, um, they'll be out for you in a couple of weeks. And if you can't support us financially, tell a friend. Yes, yeah, exactly. Word of mouth is huge for us, as always. Um, and as always, we do the show live on Twitch each week. Xbox Hall of Game is the place to find us. Come say hi, hang out in the chat, shit post. Um, leave us a comment, ask questions. We try to respond as much as we can while we're recording. Um, and that's pretty much going to bring us to the end of the show. Um, Shane, thank you so much for joining us, Shane. Uh, it's been been great to have you on. Um, yeah, it's been good to be back. Thank you, guys. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, we'll try we'll try and get you back maybe a little more regularly if we can, uh, depending on schedules, because uh, we, we do appreciate uh, having some some wonderful guests who actually know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be playing a lot more games this year. So yeah, that, that um, helps. Yeah, and doing content as well. Actually, I've I've started um, I've started. I used to do like game commentary and like some reaction stuff on on YouTube, and I've I've started doing more of that. Um, so that's my YouTube channel. It's Shane Bailey as well. Um, I did an Xbox predictions for 2024. Just did a developer direct preview. Um, yeah, I've got I've got some other content planned. I want to do like a where I think the Gears of War franchise should go next. Mm. Um, sort of uh, yeah, video essay Co- type type content. Coalition's interesting. Like just to see other than Gears, what do they have cooking? Yeah, well, they had other stuff that they were dabbling with, like new IP sort of things. But then apparently those got cancelled. Mm. They were using it as a way to sort of get familiar with Unreal Engine Five, and then I think yeah. it just they <laughs> didn't take them that long. And apparently so they're, they're the yeah. studio for Unreal. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, apparently they're helping everybody else. So yeah, I hear they're helping um, Undead Labs, which I am oh. very excited about because I love State of Decay. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm really hopeful State of Decay looks stunning and run even better. I think State of Decay, like the jump from the first one to the second one was massive. Just like given their time, like when did State of Decay 2 come out? Like 2017? 2018? 2018? Yeah. yeah. So given that amount of time to cook. Yeah. Like, what What's the- annoying is it like they just released like update 35 like two months ago. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, Give me the new fucking game. Just work on the third game, please. Oh. That anyway. that is one game that has like definitely been well supported though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So fingers crossed for that. Maybe we see it this year. Who knows? Uh, yeah, but thanks for having me. Always a always a pleasure, guys. Oh, amazing. Happy to be back. All good. Uh, Cameron, you got anything you want to show? Uh, not just Shadow Say You. I'm look. I'm honestly not probably. 
I might do some streaming here and there, but I'm not really going to be focusing on it too much because I'm planning to move in the next month or two. Um, so a lot of focus is on there. And then hopefully by the mid-year, I can just go straight back into it. Fantastic. Uh, and as always, I'm just on the Discord. Uh, uh, Neomaster on everything, True Achievements, Xbox, and Discord. Uh, I have still threatened to... Um, to stream my attempts at the Eliminator on Forza Horizon 5. Uh, I will do that at some <laughs> stage. I've just been playing too many good games that I enjoy to put myself through that pain uh, for hours on end for people's amusement. However, I know I've said that I'm going to do it. I will do it. Uh, I have not forgotten. Uh, so stay tuned. Oh, next next month for me is entirely going to be racing games. I think if we can get you Forza Horizon 5 completion, that would be amazing. Be laughing. Yeah, that'd be great. So then you can start four. Okay, all right. Well, that's going to bring <laughs> us to the end of episode 106 of the Xbox Hall of Gamers podcast. We will catch you guys next week. See you later.